This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, and it is a great Friday morning as we head into the weekend. I hope you all are doing well. Hope you had a great week, and uh, the Dolphin Nation celebrating today after Zach Thomas finally got the call yesterday. That is uh, very, very cool with Zach getting the long, long awaited uh, call from the NFL. It was cool that Jimmy Johnson gave it to him, the guy that drafted him, the guy that believed in him, believed in him so much from the get-go that he cut Jack Del Rio right on the spot. In the first week of training camp, he's, he turned to Jack, who he brought over from the Cowboys, and said, hey, Jack, I'm sorry, but I, I can't in my right mind put this kid on the bench. I think we found our middle linebacker. And Zach was in there right from the first week making calls, you know, putting everybody in position and, you know, doing, doing the things that Zach Thomas, the Hall of Famer, has done his entire career, his life, and all that, because he's kind of um, he he's he's kind of an underrated um, linebacker in the sense that I don't think people understood the the corporateness that he brought to the whole game. That everything was organized. You know, and and he knew exactly what was going on, and this is why Peyton Manning would say that's the smartest player I've ever faced. You know that kind of stuff. I, I in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Manning is there that weekend for the induction into the Hall of Fame because he was one of those guys. It was like a Bruce Smith Dan Marino thing. I, again, those of you that are a little younger, you were going to lose you in a lot of these conversations because you don't know the history of the Dolphins and and things that have gone on in the past. But Bruce Smith was one of the most wicked and one of the greatest defensive ends in the world. And what I mean by wicked, by the way, I don't mean anything bad. I mean by wicked like you feared him, okay? Like, you know, it's that there was some coming to town and you had to prepare for it, and his name was Bruce Smith. But yet Bruce Smith um, had so much respect for Dan Marino that he wasn't going to necessarily even take the same shots he would take at other quarterbacks, and he was going to help Dan Marino up after he sacked him. You know, that kind of stuff. And Peyton Manning had that kind of respect for, for, for Zach Thomas that when he faced him and he's calling an offense and then Zach's calling to counter the defense – Zach kind of knew exactly what was coming up every single time, and that was, you know, the challenge to paint. And then that, that's where the respect comes, whether it's Bruce Smith respecting the hell out of Marino and what he brought to the table all the time, or whether it's Zach Thomas and here's Peyton Manning respecting what he brought, you know, to the table all the time. And just a, a really cool moment. Um, we're, we're happy as hell. Those of us that have lived, you know, I personally was a beat guy, in those days, and I covered every moment of Zach's career, and so to me, it's this. I I, I saw this up front. I, I I went to most of the games. I you know I was in the locker room for a lot of the moments, and uh, for me, I was I was really happy. I I I am not gonna lie to you. I wasn't watching this NFL Honors show on, all the time or anything. I, I you know I I glanced at it and then left and 
went back to the hockey game and even though it's a shitty hockey game because they were going up against a shit, you know, it's like, the, oh, they survived without Barkov. I'm like, you're, you're playing the Sharks, dude. Give me a break. They suck. Anyways, uh, so I'm watching that because, you know, I got to watch my local team and all that stuff. And I was watching some of it, but I'm not that big on award shows. I don't care if it's sports or movies or whatever. Well, actually, the, I do kind of like the Grammys. I do watch music. On the music, I, I'm, you know, music is probably my other deep deep passion so I, I should not say that but the other award shows sports or movies and tv shows and all that kind of stuff that's usually not my thing I'm, I'm i'm not big on those i'll occasionally pop in and pop out and that's kind of what i did last night and so i was just happy that zach was able to get the call uh you saw the reaction obviously from zach and uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, making the announcement for him with his family there and all of that. Uh, it, it's just really perfect. Perfect. Well-deserved. And I was just telling Sean this. And I was telling a, a couple of uh, my friends last night that were reaching out and we were going back and forth. And it's interesting because he's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll have a Hall of Fame week, Right. And the last time I was there was for Marino's induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And if you look at, you know, when I'm in my studio, you look to the left, I've shown you that Marino slide that I take out. And that I bought that that day over there during that week uh, because they'll have those for each of the inductees. And I'll buy one for Zach because I just told Sean this morning, I'm, we're going to put together a sales package and I'm sure we'll get sponsors to help us out. And we're going to go cover that. We're going to be there for sure. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So we'll be there to uh, cover this event, uh, getting Zach into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame like I was there for the Marino one. And so it's funny because when I was there for the Marino induction, it was the Miami Dolphins versus the Chicago Bears in the Hall of Fame game, which nowadays would be your fourth game, not your fifth game. In those, ga in those days, that was your fifth game. And Wanstead was the coach. And I remember interviewing Zach Thomas in the locker room for the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. And uh, some guy came in, in, uh, to ask, uh, you know, Zach a question. And he wasn't from Miami, you can tell. He was probably local. He wasn't even a Bears guy. Probably a, a Canton radio station or TV station or something. There was no podcast or none of that kind of stuff in those days. And a guy walks in and he asks Zach Thomas, he says, who's your favorite nfl -in? Because at that time, there were a bunch of guys that were getting arrested. If you go back to that date and you go look around the history of the NFL at that time, there were a bunch of guys getting arrested. So he asked Zach, who's your favorite nfl -in? And we're like, we're all like looking kind of weird. We're looking at Zach weird because like that, that question came out of nowhere. I still have the audio. I, I, I should have brought it uh, for you. I don't even know. I might have it stashed uh, somewhere. Let me, let me see if I can. Let me check if I have it stashed somewhere. Let me see. You never know. I might have it. Uh, uh, now this thing's not uh, stuck on me here, but anyway, I'll see if I if I do have it, I can I can play it for you. But uh, it was funny, it was funny, and it was a great week. 
Uh, Steve Young was there. He was also inducted, I remember. And obviously, I was there in the stands. Uh, I was sitting like, man, I swear I must have been sitting like five, six rows behind. I think it was Clayton that stood up in the middle of the hall, in the middle of the, of the, of the aisle, and Marino threw him a football. And um, it was cool. It was a really, really good event. A lot of uh, Dan's you know, teammates were there. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teammates for Zach uh, that are going to go. Will, will Jason Taylor go? Will that rift affect that is the question. Uh, but, yeah, well-deserved honor, man. Well-deserved honor. I'm uh, really, really happy for, for Zach Thomas. He deserves this. The Dolphin Nation deserves it. Um, they have loved this guy forever. We, we all, you know, Zach Thomas is probably, some of you out there, that's probably your favorite Dolphin of all time. I'm sure there's some Dolphin fans that that's probably their favorite player of all time, maybe even over Marino and Greasy and Zonka and, you know, some of the typical guys that are picked as favorite Dolphin players of all time. I wouldn't be surprised if we have some of those because that's the kind of impact that Zach made. That's the kind of impact that Zach and Tim Bowens and Jason Taylor and Sam Madison and Pat Sertan made on us because we knew that they were special. It wasn't their fault. They did the best they could all the time. It's just, you know, you, you just can't carry an entire team like that. The, the offense is going to have to do some things, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't very good at almost anything. Overall, it was it was a really really tough time, man. It just it, it was painful. It was painful because that that was a defense that probably should have, you know, celebrated a Super Bowl if it would have been complemented at least by a decent offense. And it was never a decent offense. It was always a poor offense. You know, that's uh, that's what I've always felt bad for the days of Marino that uh, you always had no no uh, no running game and no defense. And then in those Zach Thomas years, you just didn't have the offense to go with it. And it was just terrible that you didn't have somebody that could compliment them. And by the end of the season, those guys were so worn out. It was just a really, really tough one. But what a great honor for, for Zach. It's about time. Really, really happy for him. And as a guy that covered his entire career, and saw him handle the good and the bad with uh, an incredible amount of class and true professionalism. I, I am really, really proud uh, to see Zach Thomas in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, well, well deserved, man. All right, what else do we have here on the program? By the way, we've got Ira Winderman. Uh, he'll be on at 1020. So in a couple of minutes, he'll be joining us. Manny Navarro will stop by at 11. Scott Pianowski makes his return today at noon. Hopefully Andy Barons will be back on the show on Monday. There were personal issues for them, and they had to miss some time, uh, both at the same time, which is uh, just, you know, not, not, uh, not uh, perfect. But uh, the good thing is for them, um, hopefully, well, hopefully Andy's in a better place and we can get him next week and, you know, Scott's also uh, family-wise going through some tough times, and so he's in in a slightly better place now, and and so he'll be joining us uh, today at noon. So uh, happy to have uh, Pianowski back at noon, joining us here on the show. And then uh, Cam Wolf, we will we will unleash the Wolf Pack at 12:30, and we'll talk to Cam. 
see what we got here on the chat board. Brian Walters was first. He says, Big O and Sean, I see Zach Thomas made the Hall of Fame great. Unless I read it wrong, good morning, everybody. Yeah, no, they came back this morning and said to Zach, Zyke, Zyke, Zyke. Yeah, they, they did it with a Z, Zyke. They didn't want to do it with a Zyke. They want to do it with a Zyke. Uh, anyway, uh, Steve Chapman in, Heath Finns, Robert Thomason. Uh, what else here? Two a time, uh, Big O. I disagree with your Dr. Dre comments. Well, I admit he's a greater producer than rapper. He would have had to rank over Nicki Minaj. The Chronic album only was, yeah, it's not top 20, bro. That was the conversation. We're not talking about Nicki Minaj. We're not talking about, there's so many of you have this incredible problem with staying on the goddamn subject. You know that? It's like, it's really impossible for some of you to actually stay on the subject. It's the weirdest thing. I was, uh, we were going back and forth on Twitter the other day, and I was talking about how, how California has a real problem that businesses are leaving because of crime. And then some butthurt California guy says, well, Florida's no this. I go, bro, the subject is businesses leaving California because of crime. CVS or Walgreens or Starbucks or whatever. That's not happening in Florida. It's not happening in Texas, okay? Not happening in Georgia, not happening in South Carolina, not happening in Michigan, not happening in Wisconsin, not happening in, in a bunch of states. But in California, they have a major problem with it. And then, you know, I get all these people and they start saying, well, Florida has this and, and Texas has this and, and this. And dude, we're talking about strictly crime forcing businesses to close. That they're coming out, the CEOs and the companies are saying, we got to close because of the crime. Okay? Period. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. And then I get all these butthurt people all over Twitter coming all over from different places going completely off the subject. The subject to a time was top 20 rappers of all time or top 10 or top 5. And somebody had them, I guess, in the top 10 or top 5 and there's no way Dr. Dre belongs there at all. His accomplishments as a rapper just for the one album is not enough to put him in front of a ton of people, okay? You want to put him in the top 50 somewhere? Fine, if you want. But when we start talking about the elite of the elite, he cannot be there because he did not accomplish enough just as a rapper. So that's all it is. That's all I was saying. That was the thing. And then you bring in Nicki Minaj, which we didn't even put her in there. We weren't even talking about Nicki Minaj. And she's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. Again, stay on the subject. Some of you, learn to listen to what the subject is. Okay? That's it. It's, it's pretty simple. Jamie Zorria in the house. Richard Leonard in the house. Mr. X in the house. Giovanni. Uh, let's see what else. George Cuello. Nico Jones, I couldn't be happier for Zach. He's very deserving. Great player, even better person. Another Finns player in the Hall of Fame. Big O, did you shed a tear? Uh, no, but maybe I will uh, in August. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll, I'll have the Oaks on, 
because it'll be during the day and there'll be some sunshine. And then I can have the oaks on and I can shed a tear or two and nobody will know. So, yeah. Uh, but no, no tears yet. Can't tell you that, you know, as I've gotten older, bro, God, it's terrible. You get, like, emotional, man. So, uh, by the way, here's the next question. Okay? Here's the next question that we have. Do, do the Dolphins play in that Hall of Fame game? Because when Marino got in, Shula has the Cleveland ties, right? Born in Sandusky, I think it was, right? Or, or I forgot, maybe it's not Sandusky, but um, I, well, didn't he go like Carroll University or something like that? Just look up Don Shula there for me. Uh, but I, I think he went to like a university also in Ohio or something. So he's got all these Ohio ties. And then the Dolphins, obviously a classic team, maybe. Jets made have two guys in, in, in uh, Klecko and Revis. They could be there. The Cowboys are a draw. Joe Thomas made it. So the Browns, you know, Hall of Fame game, get all the Brownie fans there. So I don't there, – there are several combinations that you can put in the Hall of Fame game. And, and the Cowboys are a draw no matter what because they're always the overhyped team. What do you got for me? Grand River, Ohio. Grand River, Ohio. There you go. John Carroll is in Ohio, right? I want to say John Carroll is in Ohio. Okay. It's in Cleveland? Case Western is in Cleveland. And John Carroll? Ohio also. So that's what I'm saying. So he's got all those ties. But so that's the next question now is you're going to find out what will be the Hall of Fame game and will that be the fourth game for the Miami Dolphins? But again, you could easily uh, put Cleveland versus Dallas in the Hall of Fame game and the ratings because of Dallas and all the overhyped crap that always comes with the choking Dallas Cowboys, that's good for them. But the Jets got two players in there. It's a New York market, so you could put New York and Dallas in the Hall of Fame game. Cleveland, because of Joe Thomas, hometown guy there, all that stuff. You'll get the Brownies fans. They're fanatical, one of the best fan bases in all of pro sports. And then the Dolphins you could get. There's all kinds of different. The ones I don't think you're going to get is I don't think they're going to bring the Bucks for Rondé Barber uh, or, you know, or, or, uh, or even Eric Coriel, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't think that that's going to be – uh, the deal, but the other combinations I can see. So that's the other thing, and I say that because of obviously with the uh, with the Dolphins and Marino the last time around. All right, let's get let's switch gears. The Miami Heat, as expected, did nothing because they have nothing for sale. Let's talk to Ira Winderman, who's got to cover uh, that uh, dysfunction because that's what I think it is. The Miami Heat are in dysfunction. Let's get to that next. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat and NBA Report. Here's Ira Winderman. All righty, there he is. Ah, uh, yes. 
sad, sad, sad state where they're at right now, my friend. I mean, when you watch Jay Crowder go for five second rounders, you know you got no chips to play poker. Okay. Um, I think they had chips that might not have been sexy enough at the moment, but other things they can put into play next season. I, I, I think the one thing, Big O, we can sit here and discuss is this. Where did you want their desperation to be? They could have put in the owner in the owner in the owner from the get go. I want an owner that is maniacal about winning every year. If you're a billionaire, uh, then show me that you're a billionaire. I don't want a cheap owner that says, cheap? well, yeah, cheap. cheap. He spent he has spent as much as anyone in the top half of the league into the luxury tax over the last 10 years. No, that, that, well, well, now, now, we're, now we're going back to the big three again. Okay, he has spent he has spent over the salary cap every single year. He has gone above where other teams don't. He has gone into the tax where some teams like the Bulls and the Pacers. So why didn't he go into the tax this year? How, how, how do you how, how do you how do you tell your coach? Yeah, you got to play with you know twelve guys because three of your spots are two of them we can't fill and the other ones Udonis Haslam. Well, first of all, you tell your front office, Udonis Haslam, that's not your coach. That's Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg agreeing consistently to give Udonis that roster spot. That's not a matter of what the coach is saying. That's the front office doing that. Well, that's number may, one. Maybe the may, But if the owner doesn't want to commit to the 15th spot, he's not certainly going to push and say, you know, I want to win a championship. Uh, we love UD, but let's put him in the coaching uh, department. I'll pay him there. And uh, that doesn't go against the cap. Let's go get somebody in there. If he's not in a hurry to fill the 15th spot because he's worried about the luxury tax, I don't want to hear this cheapness, dude. I'm tired of hearing about the cheapness. All of your articles, yours and 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 uh, what's it called, Chang? In the you know, there's always this thing. Well, they've they want to stay under the cap, and oh, we traded well, for Deadman to get under, over, the cap. over the cap, under the tax. Well, right. under the tax, whatever, under the tax. That's what I mean. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I want a maniacal owner that wants to win badly every year and really wants to do whatever it takes. And I don't believe that Mickey Harrison does that. I believe they do it when it's so obvious. That, oh, we can get Shaq. Okay, let's do it. Oh, we can get LeBron. Okay, yeah, let's go do that. But if we're not doing that, we're not taking any kind of chances. And then you're limiting your front office, so they have to kind of stay in certain parameters where they're trying to unearth nuggets that they're trying to find all over the world. They're like miners, you know, and they're trying to find the, 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 the perfect cryptocurrency to put together. And then there's this chef that makes everything so much better and spoils the shit out of you in Eric Spolstra and never complains and says he has enough and all this crap. And, and I think we take this guy for granted more than anything else. I, I think the owner's not making enough of a commitment. I think the front office has made a shit ton of bad decisions. And I think it puts the burden on, on Eric Spolstra, who has been absolutely freaking phenomenal, man. I just think there's a, a disconnect here that it, there is no, there, there's, there, there is not this one thing that goes through them that it's like the Moss brothers, that they'll build a stadium for fun while they wait for the other stadium and they're chasing Messi and they'll buy eight DPs and break all kinds of rules and they don't care and they'll keep trying to buy and they'll do it. And there's Steven Ross, you know, 
improving the stadium and and the and the practice facility. And if you want Tyreek, let's do it and get as many free agents you want. I'll put all that money in escrow. Things that other owners won't do. Uh, I look Sifu and 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 and. Uh, and and uh, what's it called? Uh, Viola. They haven't gotten the results, but God, man, it's not from but a lack that, of spending. Thank you, Orlando Alzagari just answered his own question. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. But Inter that's Mi Pat Riley. About what Inter Miami did? Why have Inter Miami's results been nothing? Yeah, but they just Garden. started. They we just started. About what the Panthers have done. They just They've started won one playoff series in twenty years. Sometimes smart business means having patience because you strike at the right time. Orlando Alzagari. The Miami Heat could have made a major splash yesterday by putting first-round picks into play. But for what? For who? For what? Is for who? Decide? For who? If the Miami Heat put first-round picks into play, they would have been in it in for any of the players who? you saw yesterday. Who? For, it, it just... I mean, they, whether it was the Kevin Durant deal, I think they could have They had no shot at Durant. That package that they gave up, Miami has nothing to give up like that. Come on. You know what? You know what? If you wait, again, the deal happened now. If you'd waited to the offseason, there were other chips to put into play. And the whole 15th roster spot, I understand it's a nice story, but what 15th player was going to dramatically or even enter your rotation at this point? Now, injuries and poor play obviously affect things. You you're, know you're, that. You're, you're, <laughs> my, my man, you're looking at it completely the wrong way. It's actually getting a really good player and pushing everybody back where your 14th guy becomes your 15th guy. I'm not thinking about getting a 15th guy that's a 15th guy. I'm talking about buying something that's a lot better where you are paying the damn tax. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking chances. And I'm going to talk about Russell Westbrook. And by the way, how long has he been chasing Durant? Please, enough already. element to add a 15th player would have been one of two exceptions worth $4 million. So again, you're talking about a $4 million player. That's the means they had under the cap to go over the tax, to use their biannual exception, to use the remainder of their full mid-level exception, having given Caleb Martin a part of that. Now, we could argue mistakes were made. Oh, God. Did they think that Dwayne Dedman would fall off the face of the earth? No. They thought he would be a tangible trade asset. That happened. Did they think that Kyle Lowry would regress to this point? Of course not. Or else they probably never would have made the Atrua Dragic. Well, maybe, maybe they should have asked me before they actually made the move. And that maybe they would have saved themselves a lot of money and heartache when they would have heard me say, what the hell are you guys thinking? Why would you want to trade for Kyle Lowry? That's a stupid-ass move. And maybe they the don't make the move. May, may, the have them call the me next time. I, I would have the told them not to re-sign Whiteside either. God. The number one playoff seed in the Eastern Conference last season, Big O, was who? <sighs> Does it really matter? It matters because Kyle Lowry, when he was playing well, helped the Heat get to the top of the Eastern Conference. He did. Then his play fell off. Look, you make moves to a degree in the moment also. So what you're saying is you didn't like some of the moves they made in the moment. Okay, that's being proved right. That's, that's the beauty of, of, of looking at it as an afterthought. I understand that. On the other hand... You're saying they should jump all in now, just throw everything in there. No, 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 no. It's too late now. No, no. I'm, I'm talking. I, I'm. No, 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 no. Listen, this is not coming from hindsight. 
None of this is coming from hindsight. I've been talking about this all for a while now, that these are all a bunch of mistakes, and you just added a new one with the Deadman one. It was such a bad move that now you had to give away draft capital just to get rid of his ass. You gave Duncan a contract, and now instead of thinking you might be able to get a first-rounder for Duncan at the beginning of that deal. Now you've got to give away a first-rounder in order just to unload his ass. And then you look at all the other deals, the Kyle Lowry deal. I didn't want the, this Jimmy Butler extension. This, is, this was a terrible extension that they just gave him. And now they're going to have to put up with $160 million against the cap against the guy that is breaking down on you. You put together a team loaded with two-point shooters in a three-point shooting league. You know what I mean? It's like like a lot of you. Oh, Bam's franchise. Bam's franchise. I told all of you last year, he ain't no franchise. Until you can enforce your offensive will on people, you're not a franchise player. Guess what he did this year? Finally enforced his will. Now he's a legitimate franchise player. This is the guy you got to build around. Not Jimmy Butler. You got to know when to get off the gravy train. And and Pat has had this thing of hanging on too long to older players. My God, he's still holding on to Udonis Haslam at this point. It's You got to stop doing this. You, you put yourself in a position when you hang on to these older players just too long. And that's the problem when you've got an owner that is only willing to pay the tax in specific situations and then puts your front office in another situation and they've got to work it where they don't have loose purse strings like some other teams may have looser purse strings. And then you've got a coach who is just absolutely freaking awesome, and he makes a souffle out of any crap you give him, I just think it's all discombobulated. I don't think everybody's on the same page. I don't think everybody has the same desire. It, it's And, you know, here's the other thing. I think we get a little blinded by the bubble run because it was a surprise run, right? And then last year, you were one shot away from the finals, and right. it's so deceiving because you're really not the kind of team that fits in today's NBA. And, and then this year, the same team a year later is now falling even more behind in today's NBA because now, in today's if NBA. If you minimize all the good, then it's going to look bad. So if you're going to say, oh, it's just the bubble. Oh, they got lucky and got to the conference finals. I think it's kind of deceiving. Did. Yeah, I and do. And find I me another team yeah. that has made the conference finals two of the last three years. I, find, like, find me another team that has Eric Spolstra, my brother. Okay. Find okay. me another yeah, team yeah, that yeah. has Eric Spolstra. Listen, listen to out. my argument. Played out. Listen to they my argument. The, the only person that excels in that group is not the Arison family. It's not the front office. The only person excelling on this franchise is Eric freaking Spolstra every day of the year and twice on Sundays. That guy is the gold standard. Team made the conference finals, no matter how, two of the last three years. Big O, let me ask you this. If the Miami Heat were to finish with the number four playoff season, how would you quantify this regular season? If, if the Miami Heat, if, it was, if it's Boston one, Milwaukee two, Philly three, and the Heat four, those teams are really good championship level contending teams. Yeah. If the Miami Heat were to finish with the number four seed, how would Orlando Alzagari of the Big O Show on the accurate Pembroke Pines report quantify this season? Another solid season for the Miami Heat. They get to okay. climb in the standings. Luckily, because the East got weak, as some teams had to dump their stars. Oh, no, so that no, will no, allow no, them to no, climb. No, no. The East, the East might have the 
three of the top four right. championship contention teams right, right now. Yeah, so exactly. the East is strong. Boston yeah. is strong. Milwaukee's strong. Philadelphia's strong. And then I put Phoenix in now because obviously what they got. Obviously, Brooklyn comes down a little. What I'm saying is in this whole instant reaction society, we're saying right now the Heat are having a terrible season when they could still wind up at home court. I don't know if it's going to happen. I have no guarantees. I do know this. The Heat are on a seven-game seven home winning streak, have been trending in the right direction. Number two, we can call trades disasters all you want. I remember when Goran signed his contract for two years. People said that's ridiculous. He's older. They were able to use that in a trade, just a trade that didn't work out. Let's see what happens to the final year of the Lowry deal, if it can be put into play. Let's see if any time over these next three years, however it happens, the Duncan Robinson contract can be put into play. Uh, when Myers Leonard resigned, I think it was on with, uh, oh yeah, Orlando Alzagari on one of his many stations, maybe at a soccer stadium somewhere. And we said that was a terrible signing. They wound up getting Trevor Ariza out of that at the trade deadline. Didn't work out great, but he was a positive addition at the time. I think you have to let another, things another play. old fart. You have to let things play out closer to the end. The Jimmy Butler thing, and again, I feel like I, I feel like I'm almost like Sarah Huckabee on the Republican response here to the State of the Union. That, so when you, when you look at, the, at some of these other deals, like the Jimmy Butler deal, were you willing to let Jimmy Butler walk at 30 years old and not give him the extension? Yes. Because, okay, and if you were, that's fine. If you were and you're willing to change the whole culture back then, I don't recall you putting it that way. I recall you putting no, it No, I, I wouldn't have signed the, I wouldn't have signed this extension that starts next year. I wouldn't have got I would have written out this year and and done. Actually, and, it, started, it started last year. So it was from 2 years ago, but my point being, we all know that Jimmy Butler is a persnickety SOB yeah. and when he's playing and not happy, he is the ultimate pain in the ass. So the Heat had to decide at that time do you want to put up with Jimmy Butler on the last year of a deal? I saw how that played out in Chicago. I saw how that played out in Minnesota. I saw how that played out in Philadelphia. They were in a spot. They had to make a decision. They wound up getting to another conference finals with Jimmy Butler, who honestly, Big O, even at his age, and I understand what you're saying, during the regular season, he's going to miss 15 to 20 games. He's already missed 15. I get that. Which, by the way, hurts your standings. Which I understand that. But in the playoffs, you know what? I don't think this he's is awesome. overstating. He's awesome. He is one of the league's top 10 playoff players. He's awesome. And that's where you make your name as a team, which is why they had to give him that deal also. So far, again, Vigo is like, it's like I feel like I'm on the accurate Pembroke Pines Nostradamus report here. I don't know how Big O, Jimmy Butler's contract is going to play out. But I do know this right now. Well, what, don't you see but it right he, now how it's playing out? It's too many yes, games missed. Having a career year with every one of his metrics across the board and is among the NBA leaders in win shares. He has missed 15 games over the first half of the season. As a matter of fact, let's bring it back to the moment, Big O. The Miami Heat are playing a back-to-back -to -back tonight against the Houston Rockets. Terrible at, at, at Miami-Dade Arena. And then go to Orlando to play a very feisty Orlando Magic team. I'm curious if Jimmy plays both games. If he doesn't, and instead load management is cited, then I will come back on the Acura Pembroke Pines report on Monday and issue a mea culpa. But if Jimmy Butler plays the majority or all of the games over the second half of the season, then I think it's a different story. Because then at winning time, he shows he's all in. So, Big O, I know oh, no, you can say I'm not, I'm not worried about Jimmy the player. He's phenomenal. I just worry long-term, you've already missed 15 games. I'm watching your body break down right before my eyes. The thing is, you're, 
you you got such big cojones that you'll fight through a lot of shit because you're a tough dude. You're a right. super tough dude. But your body can only give so much. And he has given everything. And that's the thing that you can tell that there when it falls for Jimmy, it's going to be like this. It'll be a cliff because he, the 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 power and the force and the emotion and the energy that he has to use to play his kind of game just does not fit as you get older and older think, unless unless think, you're Moses Malone that you weigh okay. 300 pounds and you only jump two inches but because you're an immovable object you can get away in your final years and still you know be serviceable and all that kind of stuff for I Jimmy think, man I think that's one assumptive of his, of his future but maybe correctly assumptive but two, there's also a trade possibility. Like you said, you've been championing the Heat's younger players. Build around Hero and Adebayo. Give them the Once he team. gets I too get old and too broken down, Let's they will see. not move him until he, it's an expiring deal. Come on, man. Let's see if that's the case. What I'm saying is there are other pathways there. The Heat have used pathways similarly for greater good with some trades like that. And yes, you are correct. At a certain point, you just have to sell off and admit it but we don't know for sure how that's going to play out. And you want the Arisons and people spending money to live in the moment. So we started our accurate Pembroke Pines report with you saying it's all about the moment. Well, in this moment, Jimmy Butler is really freaking good. And if you watched him go to work in the third quarter of their home game the other night, he was as good as anyone on that court. And he willed them to a victory that Bam Adebayo carried them home. He still can do it at this moment. That's why these next two games. Yeah, he, he, also, really brought, he also brought us Kyle Lowry. Oh, you know what? I think Jimmy Butler's as bad a GM as LeBron James. I, I, I'll agree with that. LeBron uh, uh, well, Jimmy Butler's as bad as Michael Jordan. Let's okay. go with that. Yeah, I'm just saying LeBron brought in Russell Westbrook at the cost of Kuzma, Montrell Harrell, uh, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, players they could all use. That yeah. was bad. Yeah, that was the bad. Sold, the Heat sold us on Kyle Lowry, and it's interesting because it's almost as if Jimmy is distancing himself a little from Kyle now because he realizes, one, Jimmy's a very good friend to his friends, but Jimmy also wants to win. And it's that MF part of it that all of a sudden, you know, when he told us about Kyle, well, whatever happens, he'll still be my guy. Not as, there's no way I'm gonna let Pat Yeah, Ryan but he, he ended it with, he's not going anywhere because he knew because, that. Because he knew. Because it's what, it, knew, it's what I told you. Of, well, once you're right. too old and too broken down, you're not worth trading for until you're expiring. And so, so next what, year is when Lowry will be, acceptable because it's expiring or whether it's next season's trading deadline his story remains to be told duncan robinson's salary contract story remains to be told i agree with you that he took an l on dwayne deadman absolutely i'm still unsure on the oladipo contract he's really cratered with his play if he's not a player and they're on the hook for nine million next season that's going to be a problem also yeah. when they have to bring in someone like maybe even now like a will barton on the buyout market oh my god to replace him some stories remain to be told, so we'll see. All right, so yeah, so this is all we got to look forward to. Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, John Wall, Kevin Love, Ricky Jackson, Reggie Jackson, I'm sorry, Patrick Beverly, Will Barton, Terrence Ross, Kelly Olenek, and, and uh, Westbrook. And how does the Westbrook thing make any sense? You know sense? what? Let's I'm add another guy that, that can't shoot threes. Yeah, that makes I'm all the sense. I'm bypassing that. If the Miami Heat, in my view, if you're asking me, Ira, you have two spots open, how would you approach it? If the Miami Heat can add Will Barton and Dario Saric, if both are waived, Saric went from the Suns to the Thunder, who have no need 
for a 29, 30-year-old player. I think the Heat will be a better team than they were before the trading deadline. Again, exhale, folks. Patience. Will Barton can score. The Heat can't score. That would help. Dario Will Barton's Barton shooting like 39% from the field. Will Barton's been phased out that he's playing just junk minutes. A year ago, he was a contributor to a solid Denver Nuggets team. I'm yeah. saying we're talking buy-up market. We're talking about a revival plan. Uh, Dario Saric is a seven-foot stretch big man, which they could use if Yurtsevin doesn't come all the way back. If he can land Saric and land Barton, I think they will take a step forward. What about Kevin Love? What about Kevin Love? He can shoot threes. I I think Kevin Love stays in Cleveland for this reason. Okay. I think Kevin Love realizes he's in enough of a winning situation. He can mentor young players. His time might come back again. He might actually play ahead of Dean Wade. So, again, he's a guy mentioned. But, again, Big O, until these players are waived, they're not available. We have to wait to see. Those are the speculative names. We know that that Utah is not keeping Russell Westbrook. We've already been told that the Magic are not keeping Patrick Beverly. It seems the same for Reggie Jackson and Charlotte. These next few days will show us who's actually available from the buyout market and why you don't rush to market until you get the full market. Remember, folks, the most important part of the equation is this. As long as any player who played in the league this year is waived by March 1st, he is eligible for another playoff roster. So really, the operative date is March 1. If you're waived by then, you can then join the Heat for their playoff run. The Heat have done this before. They got Joe Johnson, which really helped them in a playoff run within one win against the Raptors of going to the conference finals. They have done moves like this before that have paid off. Some that haven't paid off as much. There's still another part to this. The season did not end last night, even though Orlando Alzagari told you that it did. No, I'm not saying the season ended. I just know that they're not a championship caliber team, and I know what they're trying to do. And I think think they keep putting roadblocks in their way to become that, just like they did with Kyle Lowry's deal two years ago, which they should have been able – they shouldn't listen to another player. They should try to go get who they think really can compliment Jimmy. But I think – they also realized the Bucks and the Celtics were just better. And there was not a move they could have made last summer. Oh, yeah, no. Or a move yeah. they could have made Thursday to be better than those two teams. It's just like it's like when Pat Riley was banging his head against the wall during the Michael Jordan years. Or when the entire Eastern Conference is banging their head against the wall during the LeBron years. Sometimes you have to realize your place also while still remaining competitive. Yeah. Never once, for all the Victor Wembanyama talk, have the Heat in any way said, Okay, washing our hands, we're going to go in that direction. That's yeah. who they are also. I just uh, I just remember a Heat team that was so freaking loaded and then said, yeah, we'll go add Brian Grant and Eddie Jones for fun. You know? <laughs> you know that? I just, you know, these are things that I just remember that when, you know, you're like, holy crap, these people are adding Eddie Jones and Brian Grant and they're this loaded and all that. And I know they had uh, some issues with the uh, the, the exactly. kidney and, issue and, and, and all that no stuff. Offense, unfortunately, but what did that team win again? Well, they were in the Michael Jordan happened. era. Okay, so there was an excuse why they couldn't win at all. Just like the Knicks and the Pacers and the Cavs, who had pretty damn good teams in the, in the conference and during that stretch well, too, Randall and they had nothing Gary, to show I'm gonna, for. I'm going to sort of end it here on this today, of the Miami Dolphins, the Florida Panthers, the Miami Marlins. Inter Miami mm-hmm. are pro teams in town, and the Miami Heat. Which team is most likely to go deeper in the playoffs? Always in the Heat. Next round of the postseason. Always the Heat. Always the Heat. But that doesn't take away from you've lost your fastball lately. Let's just talk about it. See, that's the problem that we have in this town. 
There aren't enough people that are willing to be honest and say, we know the Heat organization is by far better than everybody else. But guys, as of late, you've lost your fastball. You've made a shit ton of bad decisions here. And you've kind of been your own worst enemy at times. And you've got a great, great coach. You're not taking advantage of it. You're not giving him exactly what he needs to make a great meal. And you keep talking championship, but you're not handing him championship recipe. And so then you're not getting that end result. And you're tying yourself down to this contract and to this bad move and that bad move. And you're counting on a on a often injured player in Oladipo to keep you alive there. And then you're, and you're on an older player in Lowry who's done already at this point. And while Jimmy Butler's fantastic, you can only take that drug for so long because after that it does permanent damage, but you want to keep taking the drug, so now you extend it for several years. And and you see what's happening. He cannot play all the games anymore because of his style of play. So how do you expect him to live up to that contract on the back end? And I and you know, and, and then you're trying to appease him, so you bring Kyle Lowry. Why? Because you don't want to piss him off. That's not this organization, dude. That's not the organization wasn't so sensitive about worrying about pissing somebody else off. You never wanted to piss off Pat Riley. That's the way it should be. All I'm saying is the Heat is phenomenal. We know their track record. I just have to say, you've lost your fastball lately. That's all. You've lost your fastball. You're not as sharp as you've been in the past. And yet you're still getting results because you got one of the best three coaches in the NBA and one of the best coaches of all time in Eric Spolstro who can make anything out of something. And that guy's phenomenal. So he's the only he's the only one that hasn't lost his fastball. And Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg are still in the bullpen. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to see how the season plays out. I'm going to see how free agency plays out. And I do know this, like I said, you can complain all you want, but this is a team that always prioritizes playoffs, prioritizes trying to go as deep into a season as possible. Solid team. With, yeah. with what they think is the best way to do it. And I think that should not be lost in the sauce. All right. What do you got going on in the Sunset Null this weekend? I went into depth on the buyout market. And again, I gave you my two choices just now on Will Barton and Dario Saric, but I think there could be help on the way. Again, the Heat have not been good in transactions. The Heat have not been good in contracts, but they've always been pretty good in recruiting. So now we'll see. When this is sort of like a midseason free agency, all these buyout guys are out there. Who can the Heat lure? I think that'll be interesting. So I think that's something we need to look at also. By the way, the people writing or talking on television, radio, whatever, that the Heat should get like a Russell Westbrook, I don't think they're going to get a point guard because all you're going to do is create even more problems with the whole Lowry situation. Do you agree with me? No, I need to see where his knee stands. If if his knee is at a point. Oh, now, okay, okay. But I'm saying if his knee, if he's playing, is yeah. what I'm saying. If, if they, he's playing, that's fine. But if he's in Tim Hardaway State, where all of a sudden Anthony Carter was playing in the playoff series, you know, for the Heat because they had to go in a different direction, then you have to recognize where you are. Gabe Vincent alone isn't enough. I don't want to force Tyler Hero on the ball when he's been so good as a scorer. So yeah, you got to the, the medical reports on Kyle Lowry going to go a long way to determine how the Heat might play out the rest of their roster this season. Ah, uh, yes. Riley couldn't take uh, Timmy to the prom. I remember that. All right, follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. And, of course, subscribe to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Ira, thank you as always, my friend. Appreciate you. I'll be back to yell at you on Monday in another accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O. I'll be here to take the scolding. All right, you be good. Have a great weekend. 
All righty, and we are here at Acura Pembroke Pines where they've got a fleet of certified pre-owned vehicles that I'm looking at. They've got all the new cars on the lot there, a great selection. So come on out here to 15601 Pines Boulevard just off of I-75 in Pines, finest dealership in the business. Come see Larry Schlossberg and Pat Nasto, Tony Stampone, all the great people out here. Always getting it done at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. There we go. Uh, You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines Miami Heat and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's Inn Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Uh, Big O, what is uh, what Ira is trying to say is without being taken the wrong way, stop taking, stop talking, and being a spoiled fan. The Heat still manages to be competitive while still in a bad spot, and has Coach and Riley. Uh, yeah, but what you're not understanding is, it's not a matter of complaining to just complain. Okay, they're in a bad spot because they continually have put themselves in a bad spot since the Big Three from. Drafting Shabazz Napier and Bob and Granger signings to then uh, moving on and, and hanging on to Whiteside, signing Dion Waiters when he needed ankle surgery and you knew he needed ankle surgery and giving Tyler Johnson that stupid contract and James Johnson. Okay, and then this Oladipo mess, you've been at it for years and he still can't hold up. It's a bad deal. You make the deal for Duncan Robinson, that doesn't work out. Then the Jimmy Butler uh, signing was fantastic for the first contract. Now this back half now, this is not going to be a good contract, dude. He's breaking down, and then he brings you Lowry. And then the front office listens to him. And you saw the Deadman deal now. I mean, there, it's just, it, 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 there's so many mistakes being made as of late that you're, you're your own worst enemy and so you're killing your cap space with Oladipo's, with Lowry's, with Duncan. Just those three alone would open up a world of salary space for a real legitimate superstar that could help out Jimmy Butler win. And when they signed Jimmy Butler, okay, I said it from the get-go. This is only a good deal if you get a superstar next to him right away. Because if you keep hanging on... The body will break down, and sure enough, the body's breaking down. He can't play all the games. What do you think? It's going to get any better over the next three years where they owe him $160 million? A lot of you will then, you'll be on my side in another year or two when you see that he can't play more, and he can't be the leader that he was. And so now it's going to be a $55 million hole next to Bam that can't help Bam now. So Bam enters his prime having to deal with another guy that can't help him as much. So Jimmy is going to become, what, a part-time player at that kind of money? You're paying him to be a superstar, and he won't be able to be your superstar anymore. I appreciate the hell out of Jimmy Butler and what he's done here and how he's performed and all of that. But I have to be honest. The front office has been its own worst enemy at times. And it makes commitments to players, and they fall in love too quickly with some of their own that aren't really stars. 
And you've got to save your money for the stars, man. That's what this league is all about. I mean, that's how it used to be, right? Shaq and LeBron and Bosh and, you know, you go get stars. Let's go get a Ray Allen. Now you're getting a Dwayne Dedman? Oh, let's go wait for the buyout market. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, it's like I said. <laughs> go look at that the Zoe, Timmy, Marley teams, and then they go and add Brian Grant and Eddie Jones for the bench. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of Heat team that I, you know, that's the kind of Heat organization I remember. Not this one here that's penny-pinching and, oh, we don't want to go over the luxury tax. And I get it. This team is not good enough. But that's kind of because of the way you've been doing things in the front office and in ownership that it's just not really jiving. I'm sorry, man. You know, I, I know most people aren't willing to say the truth. I love the heat. The Arison family's been fantastic. Riley's a god. We all know that. But we got to be honest. As of late, the performance by them has not been up to par. They set a standard and they're not meeting it. The only guy that's making you think that you're meeting it a little bit is Spolstra. Because he's really damn good. Uh, let's see. Just like me and True Finn fan, LOL, he gets KO'd in the first round. I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, okay, I guess there's a lot of rap talk here. Big O, Riley needs to get uh, James Jones from Phoenix to be the GM. He got, he's got the fastball. Yeah. That uh, actually might be a really good move. Did you agree with letting D. Wade leave to Chicago? I, I did not, I did not uh, have a problem with letting D. Wade go. I had the problem with giving Whiteside the contract. Again, I don't have a problem getting off the gravy train. You got to learn how to get off. The, so you're willing to get off the gravy train of Wade, but not Jimmy Butler? Before it falls off? You know what I'm saying? So that was my problem if you followed the show then. It wasn't, I understood that Wade wanted a lot of money, but you have to then move on to the next star, whether you like it or not. But Whiteside? And then the, and then the, the, the Dion Waiters one, I also lost my mind because Riley knew he needed surgery and yet he still signed him, which was just baffling to me. So there's been some stuff that it has been unRiley-like, I gotta say. I don't believe, you know, some of the things that have gone on is very, Riley's gonna listen to the player. Oh yeah, let me bring in the guy you want. So wait a minute, you don't, you get rid of Mike Miller against the wishes of LeBron, but you bring in Kyle Lowry on the wishes of Butler? Why did you change your tune? Why did you become like that now? Why are you giving in to players? If you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of Mike Miller, then go ahead and that's it. Do what you think is right, because that was right at that time. He was he was falling apart completely. But you don't go drafting Shabazz Napier after that. 
And then in desperation, you add, you know, um, uh, McBob and, uh, and Granger. My God, Granger was all done and beat up at that point. Another old and injured player. There's been too much of that, man. I'm just saying, uh, for me, I, I, I think they need a wake-up call in the front office and in the ownership group. You know? That's all. And maybe I'm the only one that's got the balls that's willing to say it. Okay? I'm not saying fire Riley or I'm not saying Mickey sell the team or anything like that. I'm just saying you guys have lost your fastball. You guys aren't doing a good job. And you better, you know, wake up and stop committing to the wrong players. And you better start committing to, you know, taking more chances. Spending some more money. You're competing against teams that are willing to spend a lot more money than you. Oh, do you think the NBA will ever shorten the season to something like 50, 60 games in a season? Seems like the superstars are missing 15 to 20 games a year. Um, they won't because they have to take a pay cut. But you can't have it both ways either. So something's got to give because you're going to start losing a bunch of season ticket holders. Season ticket holders are going to stop going. People are going to stop traveling to games because they don't know if their star is going to play. So, uh, oh, to really get off topic, do you think Nicki Minaj employs the use of darkness retreats for writing her lyrics? It sure looks like she uses them to get dressed. <laughs> Uh, Big O, do you see the Baldy Sports Thug with Major League Baseball? You may have already talked about it. Sorry. Oh, the Bally Sports Thug. Uh, no, what, what is that? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, he says, do you see the Bally Sports Thug with Major League Baseball? You may have already talked about it. Sorry if you did. I did not because I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. You got me there, Brian. No idea what that is, doggy. Uh, Knight says, Big O, what people don't understand is uh, unless you're built to win now, you don't keep multiple top money players on the roster. You can't build with no money. Exactly. Exactly. Josh says, I miss the old heat. Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't think they're aggressive enough for uh, Spo lately. And they're not making good enough decisions around Spo. That's the sad part. I think Spo is. I think Spo is one of the best coaches we've ever had in this town. Behind what Shula and Riley. Um, yeah. And let me tell you, Spo on the Heat side is challenging Riley's coaching on the Heat side. Overall, not the overall record of Riley. He kills him after that because you have to add the Knicks and the Lakers. But as in heat accomplishments and you know winning and all that, Spoh's right there, dude. Spoh's awesome. Spo is absolutely fantastic. That's all. And again, it's nothing about making any changes or I don't want the Arison family to go anywhere whatsoever. I'm not asking for Riley to step down or nothing. I'm just saying, I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. They've lost their fastball lately. 
They're not, they're not sharp. They made a lot of really bad decisions that have kind of set them back. And, and Eric Spolstra is the ultimate eraser. And he doesn't get enough, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does with what he's given. Put it that way. I don't think he's even appreciated in this town enough. I don't think he's appreciated in the, in the overall heat culture enough for what he does. How about them apples? What you got for me? All right, so on the Bally's thing, at least from what I'm being able to research, okay, it looks like about $1 billion of Major League Baseball's revenue is at risk if a cable television company fails to make payments for local broadcasting rights to 14 teams. The sport is preparing to take over those telecasts. Oh, MLB? Mm-hmm. So it looks like, and, and then those teams, of course, it's the Bally Sports uh, with Sinclair. Um, so it'd be the Diamondbacks, Braves, Reds, Guardians, Tigers, Royals, Angels, Marlins, Brewers, Twins, Cardinals, Padres, Rays, and Rangers. Oh, man. Oh, well. You know. Baseball, dude, they, they, their attendance has, been, has gone down eight straight years. I don't know if you guys know this. Baseball is going in only one direction, and that's the sewer. Okay? I love baseball, but it's just not a sport that is, you know, in, 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 the, youth, in the youth's culture anymore. And that's the sad part. Their, their fan base is dying. They're not gaining fan base or anything. Their attendance has gone down eight straight years. Okay? Eight straight years. That's not good. So, yeah, baseball's got lots of problems. They still have their revenue coming in. And, you know, these, uh, these TV companies need, uh, need to fill space. So there'll be some money always for baseball. But eventually, it all takes a toll. And that sport is just, unfortunately, not one that uh, has a, a bright future. I feel like the Marlins are going to do what Inter-Miami did that one year during the COVID. Remember when they paid people and they put up the little fake people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the crowd during COVID, you could buy your seat. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's Marlins. Put your picture, yeah. 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 It might get better. You might be. You might, might get better of better attendance that way. You'll, you'll actually get more people to, to sit behind the home plate instead of having all those empty seats. And then you've got to invite that idiot uh, to bring three chicks so they can kind of flash, and you're going to get Mar- Marlins, man. That's it. What happened to that clown? Is he still around? All right. Hour number two is next. Let's talk to Manny Navarro. Uh, there might be some stuff going on with the Canes. Woo! Drama, soap opera. Let's get to it. Hour number two is next. There is no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Oh, great. You have a doorbell camera. Now you have a front row seat to your house getting robbed. 
They're breaking into my house! Ooh, there goes the TV. I'm sure it'll turn up at the pawn shop. No, not the TV! Just because you can see them, that doesn't mean you can stop them. With slogans, you get 24-hour monitoring, a free home security system, and professional installation. Plus, free doorbell camera, one that'll actually work for you. Get out of my house! Get out of the house! Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for ejdconstruction.com When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family owned and operated, they offer free 30 day storage, full service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to, and that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie, and open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiwear.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fan shop. The viewpoint, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., ownership, management, sponsors, or website. Time for Canes fans to get what they want. Information, insight, and perspective. It's the Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes Report with Manny Navarro. Exclusively on a Big O Radio Show. Here's Big O and insider Manny Navarro. Classic how people can't stay on the damn subject. It's really amazing. Anyway, welcome back. We're going to talk to my No, it's, it's amazing. I just, uh, I just said baseball has, their attendance overall has gone down eight straight years. Right. And some guy calls me, hey, Atlanta has great attendance. I don't know what goes on in Miami. And it's like, dude, listen to the goddamn subject. 
the entire <laughs> sport's gone down eight straight years. What is wrong with you? Like, it, it's, a- it's really amazing how people don't actually listen to what you're actually talking about. And then they get butthurt somewhere. Where, by the way, Atlanta's been mediocre in attendance because they showed up last year and got over $3 million or something. I mean, you know, it's, like, amazing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, being a former baseball writer, I can tell you uh, with how, how much the prices have gone up in every in every city. I mean, just for a beer to go right drink a beer at a game, some places is ten, twelve dollars. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people who just want to stay home and watch it. It's too many games. That's why uh, baseball has a problem. Oh, major problem. The problem is uh, their fans are you and me, dude. Old people. Right. Right. And then their their fan base is dying. They're not picking up young fans. They'll have a couple of young fans because their dads or their grandfathers are seam heads. And so they kind of bring them there. But most kids, they don't give a shit about baseball, dude. They don't follow baseball. They follow football, basketball, soccer. You know, um, they, they, those are the kind of sports that they follow. Young people are following soccer more than baseball, man. Worst, worst marketed sport among the major Oh, God, it's not even – yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the players don't even get it, dude. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right about that. Yeah, yeah, they, they get it. They get it everywhere else. But it's just pay attention to what people are saying, please, out there. Jesus. Anyway, all right, so uh, Ron Guidry, speaking of baseball, is now your new uh, <laughs> defensive coordinator. All right, I like it. Hey, listen, um, you remember – Todd something, or I forgot his name now. I remembered it the other day when this happened. Mm-hmm. He left, like, Pittsburgh for Arizona. and It was a college coach. And then Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham, exactly. That's it. And, like, within, you know, and, and, bro, all hell broke loose. Everybody picked on him. That's the norm now. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's- People, people. I mean, again, it, it, it's that's why I always tell people uh, they get frustrated. Why don't we have a coach hired yet? This and that. It, it, there's a domino effect in all of this. You know, it just it just is. And openings openings happen. Guys move on to their next. And 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 a guy like Gidry, who spent his entire career pretty much at the G5 or FCS level, uh, he gets a phone call from Miami to go to Power Five that has more money and more resources. Of course, he's going to take that job, even if he's been at Tulane for three weeks. Uh, Kevin Steele last year, same thing. He was at Maryland literally for a week. They had just finished uh, sort of uh, putting his name on the office door, <laughs> and he left for Miami. So, yeah, I mean, things are never done. It's it's the way it is. And, you know, the one thing I will say, oh, is I think a lot of coaches nowadays, and we've had this conversation, I think, in the past, uh, they prefer the NFL. They don't want to deal with the BS of, of recruiting and NIL and all that other stuff. If Given, given the choice, I think most coaches – would, would go to the NFL first. And I think that's what slows up this process because Mario has certain guys in mind, um, ha- has had certain guys in mind through this process that, you know, uh, sometimes the NFL, because it runs later, the NFL season runs now through the through the first or second week of February, uh, that, that sometimes that delays the process. So, uh, but as far as Guidry's concerned, I think it was a great hire. Uh, it, and I'll say it for this reason, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said he should have probably been coaching at the Power 5 level long ago. I know Ed Orgeron really liked him at LSU. The problem with Guidry, he had a couple DUIs uh, when he was younger. I think the last one was in 2011. And, you know, sometimes that scares away um, programs and it makes it tough to hire a guy sure. or whatever if he's got a little bit of a history. Uh, but it's been a long time. Well, now, shit, so man. We all make mistakes. And if 
You've right. proven over time you've stayed away from them. Hell, Mike McDaniel had an alcohol uh, problem. And uh, Lee Steinberg, we were just talking about one of the top agents. He had an alcohol issue, overcame it. You know, the, I, I admire people like that, too, that are able to overcome their demons. That's a, that's a really strong person. Right. And, and obviously that's totally different than some other indiscretions with coaches and, you know, other, other things you can get in trouble for. I'm not sure. saying a DUI isn't a big deal, but certainly uh, it, it, it's not as a big offense maybe as some other things that, that uh, guys have gotten hired All right. for in the past. All right. So let's talk the elephant in the room. And I'm going to ask you a like multi-part question on this. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Strong was a guy that I thought would be a no-brainer. Did not get an interview and then left right away after uh, after uh, after Ron Guidry got hired with the fastball. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm this is what's going through my mind. I'm going, well, wait a minute. Damn, Charlie's proven. He's done it. All that. And he's an older coach. So he's not really going to be looking for the next opportunity. You probably can keep him for a few years. Whereas right. maybe this Guidry guy. You know, he's trying to climb the ladder, and you might lose him in another year or two if he has, you know, some good performances and somebody says, hey, you could be our head coach or something right. like that. So you so – yeah, and then there's the other side of me that said, okay, Lance, uh, uh, Ron Guidry might be a great recruiter too, and he's got a lot of energy right. and he's going to hit the road, whereas maybe Charlie, you know, he's not really at this age – going to be hitting the road nearly as much as he used to. And and I don't know if that's true or not, but something happened there. So what have you been able to unearth through all of this? What are the pluses and the minuses for hiring one guy, not hiring the other? And are any of the things that I talked about in the mix? Yeah, I think 100%. Um, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with Mario hiring a staff, guys that he hadn't necessarily been around, right? He'd been on the other coast with a different staff on the West Coast. He comes here, he tries to get guys that can be effective in this area of the country as recruiters, as people. Um, and I think, you know, Charlie Strong, he doesn't look it, but he's 62 years old. He's been coaching for a long, long time. And sometimes guys maybe run out of a little bit of steam, right? They're not as, uh, as dedicated to the job as when they're young and hungry. You mentioned Lance Guidry. He's 51 years old, never been a power five coordinator, has wanted to get to this level. He's hungry. He's got something to prove. He's been at McNeese State. He's been at Western Kentucky. He's been at Marshall. So to me, yes, I think all of that plays a role um, in terms of hiring staff nowadays. And I think the first time around, I think Mario was trying to hit a home run with a lot of big names, right? Kevin Steele, Charlie Strong. Uh, you hire the Broyles Award winner. Then you go through a season, you say, well, shit, that's not what we need here, right? We need we need some young, hungry guys, some guys that still feel like they have something to prove that can actually help me move the program in the state that it's in. Because I think when Mario first took the job, in all honesty, I don't think he realized how crappy the talent on this roster was. Like, I think it was one of those things where you, where, where even even on the other side of the country, you're like, well, they got to have receivers. I mean, it's Miami, right? They've got to have big time receivers. Well, they got to have a couple of offensive linemen. They got to have a couple of guys that can make a difference on defense. And I think Mario got in here, and a lot of the guys that are used to coaching elite talent, right? Charlie Strong has been on some great teams. Kevin Steele has coached some at some really talented places. I think a lot of those guys got in here and they weren't ready to deal with some of the BS they had to deal with, right? I think they were frustrated. I think Josh Gaddis came in here from Michigan, who had just been in the college football playoff and said, 
we really got this many stupid kids on the roster that can't pick up my offense. We really have. And so it's almost as if he didn't apply the type of coaching staff that he needed for the situation that he was inheriting. He took the guys that he thought would make the program the best. And sometimes you need bridge guys. Oh, sometimes you need the grunt workers, the guys that can deal with the less talented players, with the not as smart players, the guys that need to be coached up. And I, I think that was Mario's fatal flaw. That's what I've come to understand being an, around this program, talking to a bunch of people that maybe it just wasn't the best fit. And he made some mistakes in the hiring process. So, yes, Charlie Strong, uh, I think, is probably better served being at a place that is a little bit more established, like in Alabama, where he was an analyst in 2020 or, or someplace like that, where he's got the best players. He's got smart players. He's got guys ready to win. And I think. We don't think about that enough when we think about coaching hires. We just think, well, this guy's going to come in. Well, no, sometimes you have to have the right fit in terms of personality, in terms of uh, the edge, you know, in terms of recruiting guy who's hungry to want to do that kind of job. So I think that's probably the the mistake Mario made in year one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, All right. yeah, that, that staff, unfortunately, did not do a good job with what they had last year. All right, so what's uh, what's next? Well, I think, obviously, offensive coordinator. We're trying to see if, uh, if he can get that uh, uh, done. Uh, you know, Bruce Feldman, uh, who, who's obviously very, very tapped in. He's my colleague at The Athletic. We did a podcast right after uh, I was on here with you, and I mentioned Lance Gidry, right? Like, literally yes. two hours later, that's when, when all of that news broke. Um but, uh, you know, we, we, we discussed uh, so, several guys. There's some that Bruce didn't mention. They've come to light here in the last couple of days. Other people have put it out there. Uh, Shannon Dawson, who's a passing game coordinator at Houston, I think is supposed to be here sometime soon to, to speak with Mario. Last night, uh, James Coley, who I've said to you for two weeks, he was in the building uh, interviewing with Mario. Brandon Streeter, who was at Clemson, he was the uh, quarterback's coach. He moved into the offensive coordinator role this season and got – basically fired and replaced it so they could bring in Garrett Riley. He was in the building earlier this week. So there's progress being made. I still think, you know, a guy like Doug Nussmeyer, a guy like Jason Candle are probably at the top of Mario's list. But both of those guys, I mean, um, uh, Candle's getting, uh, I guess, recruited <laughs> to be the OC at Notre Dame now. Notre Dame, I've, told, I've tried to tell this to Miami fans before. That's a sexier job than Miami. I'm sorry. It just is. You go coach at offensive corner at Notre Dame these days, not the Miami in the 1990s and 2000s, but the, but the you know, the Miami now, it's just not a sexier job. So Jason Candle, I think he's debating whether or not to stay at Toledo uh, or, or potentially take a, a Notre Dame or Miami type job. That's something that's that's sort of flailing in the wind. In the meantime, Mario's continue to interview guys. Doug Nussmeyer potentially could end up with the Ravens or another team as a quarterbacks coach. Does he want to come back to the college level? That's why I bring all those things up, you know, when you and I talk, so that to try to educate uh, the fans because I don't I don't think they really they always look at it from the fan glasses, right? Like, oh, right. we got to get the best guy, we got to get this. Well, there's a lot of things to play into this, and there's other schools and other teams looking for coordinators and coaches, and and so they they need to be cognizant of that. How is the administration, uh, you know, with all the writing of the checks? Because there's a lot of uh, money going out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think some of those guys are a little disappointed that they're having to, to, to pay buyouts and, and pay people to go away already. Uh, obviously, Kevin Steele getting another job makes that a lot easier. He quit to go to Alabama. So, but but they the, so the Alabama gave them some money now too, right? Like Miami had to give money to Tulane, five hundred thousand dollars to get Lance Gidry, right? 
Right, exactly. Th those kind of things happen. Um, you know, it's part of the operating business. But Miami knew that going in. Uh, oh, they knew that, you know, this is this is an investment. And sometimes you got to that's why all these reports about the new football facility only costing one hundred million dollars. Well, no. When I talk to people at Miami, they say, no, it's going to be closer to three hundred million. Right. You always have it. You always have a goal of what you hope it costs. Then there's the reality of how much it costs. And business in business, you always end up spending a lot more money than you think you're getting into because this has to be paid and that has to be paid. And this. So I, I think, you know, right now they're certainly supportive of Mario. He's not. They're not backing off that commitment to support him and, and to help get. Well, that's right. I'm saying because they keep writing the checks, dude. So it's they impressive. They keep writing the checks, yes. But I, I will say this: uh, you and I have talked about this before. How long will they put up with this? If Mario has to fire guys next year, right? If he doesn't get it right this year, are they going to? Got to get results. Got to get got, results. Got to start getting results here. Got to start moving better. And, and look, the bottom line is it's a talent issue. Oh, I, I mean, look, coaching sucks too. The coaching wasn't great. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying, but. Let's be honest with ourselves. Talent-wise, uh, if that team is coached better, what are they at best last year? Seven and five, not five and seven. Maybe eight and four. Yeah, eight I mean, and four. It, I would it, go. Is that still is that still where you want to be? As no, no, team? but it would have been at least more of a respectable season. Like sure. you know, you're you're sure. you know. But my point is, you can't even make you know, a crappy bowl game. <laughs> no, listen. That's there's bad, no doubt. bro. That's bad. There, there, there's there's no doubt they underachieve from a coaching perspective, but. What is the bigger issue? The bigger issue is you need you need more, better players, right? Like you still need to bring in the better players. And Mario, I think, in that regard, uh, met his his goals. He got them a, a top seven recruiting class. Uh, he he brought in legitimate guys that can come in and make an impact. He went into the portal uh, with the help of John Ruiz and others, and and brought in some good players with with some uh, NIL. And and so they're addressing the roster needs now. He's got to find, I think, the right coaches to get you to 10, 11, 12 wins with better talent. And, and you know, that's just part of it. But, again, this is a 10-year investment. Miami fans want results fast. Every fan wants results fast. They want to be where Florida State is right now, be 10-3 and three and have everybody talking about what a great program Florida State is and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is, uh, you know, this program has been in a really, really crappy state for a long time. 20 years. 20 and years, bro. That that I, I think we can say this now, right? We're, we're five or six years removed. The aberration was the ten and three season. That yes. was the aberration. Yeah, yeah. The the real season is seven and six every year. That's it's what it's been. kind of it's kind of what I've been talking about with the Miami Heat lately. I don't think the ownership group is as as committed. I think the front office made a lot of mistakes. But Eric Spolstra is such a freaking great chef that he makes it all look better than what it really is most off more often than not. Actually, so yeah, it's it's kind of like that actually. Yeah, you know? it really is. And it's the same thing that happened to the San Antonio Spurs, right? With Popovich, how many years did he still have them sort of competing? Now he can't because the team is just terrible. But the point is, uh, it, it look, if you don't have the talent, you're only going to go so far. You're only going to be so good. And I think what's, what's lacked here for the last 20 years, more than anything else, are really good talent evaluators and guys that could recruit their asses off and bring in really good players to come play here. Now you gotta win to do that. You can't yes. be five and seven. You can't be seven and five. You can't be eight and four. You gotta string some ten win seasons together, some nine win, ten win seasons. You do that three, four years in a row, then maybe you start getting more elite kids to want to buy in and believe in this. But we haven't gotten there. Miami has not gotten there. It has gone for every good season. You go back and look at Al Golden. He went nine and four one year, right? Uh, you go and you look at, at Mark Rick, ten and three. The next year, they're crappy. 
The next year, they're right back to seven, six yeah. wins. So it, it, until you have some sustained winning, uh, it, you're never going to get out of this rut. You're just going to go back to being what you've been, and that's a seven-win program. Yeah. So yeah. Mario has to get past that. I think he will. I think he's going to hire the right kind of offensive coordinator, a guy who's going to come in here and put points on the board. That's what they need to do. They need to, they need to get some of these elite wide receivers. I'm telling you, oh, that is such an important thing. You got to get some of these elite playmakers from South Florida. Those are the guys that go everywhere else in the country, and you're like, oh, man, what if they would have had Amari Cooper? You know, oh, man, what if they would have had Jerry Judy? Uh, those are the guys that have to go to Miami. They have to get those guys to come to Miami again. Let's hope so. All right. Uh, give me a percentage uh, figure here, uh, 1 to 100%. Um, either uh, they have one offensive coordinator or you've been talking about a one r passing coordinator and a running coordinator. What are the chances of a passing running coordinator? What is the percentage you put on it? I, I, I think it, I would say – I, that it's going to be split. I would probably give it 60-40 right now. That it'll that, that you're not just going to get the one guy who can come in here and get the, the so the two guys title. 60 60 percent that we have a passing and running coordinators. I yeah I, I I feel confident in that. I think I think you know the way it's trending right now that that's probably the way it's going to end up. Um, that said. Uh, I really don't know who the hell Mario is going to hire because it, I thought for a while it was going to be Jason Candle. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe Doug Nussmeyer because of their connection to Alabama and, and the fact Nussmeyer. But all of those things have sort of, you know, now it's not turning in that, that direction. Now you have James Coley in the building, you know. You're going to have this Houston passing game coordinator in the building this weekend. So I don't know where it sits. I, I think we're still probably a week away, uh, maybe you know, three or four days away from this thing, hopefully having some sort of resolution. Um, I think the other aspect of it, oh, uh, you know, minority hiring. I know that that's going to become a big issue here. Uh, there's some local high school coaches and people around South Florida that are upset that Charlie Strong is gone. I think he's going to have to, you know, you look at this staff uh, from, a, from a racial profiling perspective. You know how that matters in coaching now. Um, and, and people care and they, and they will be angry and upset. I think he's, he's going to have to figure out how to sort of calm that situation down and, 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 you know, hire some more minorities on this staff. I think we just talked about maybe being older and maybe not having the recruiting fire and all that kind of stuff that maybe, all right, whatever it is. I, I, I just don't view Mario that way. You know what I mean? I kind of view Mario as a no bullshit guy and he if he likes you he likes you and if he doesn't he doesn't and if he thinks you're mm -hmm. right you're right and if you're wrong you're wrong and he moves on and it had nothing to do with what you look like well no listen i, I just kind of think I, he's I'm that not, guy i don't know i'm not saying i'm not saying he is at all either i think, oh, I think mario would hire a giraffe if he could coach listen and recruit i'm, I'm one thousand know? percent behind that there's no listen there's no question i'm not saying that at all that it's a mario thing i'm saying yeah perception maybe, I got From you. a perception on the outside thing, yeah. I, I think, you know, that's something, too, that, that may enter the discussion here as far as filling some of these positions. Because all the guys that I've named to you are white guys, okay? All right, the yeah. OC names have been white guys, uh, and, and there hasn't been any minority candidates yet. And if you, if you read the quote in ESPN from Charlie Strong, I wasn't interviewed. There's a reason he said that, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think that sends the wrong kind of message out in the public. I think Mario, if you ask me, I think he's because of public perception and the way things are, you have to, you have to, uh, I got you, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, so. I got you. I got you. I get it. But I just, uh, his track record, the way he is, uh, I don't think he cares oh, about I, that. I, I agree uh, with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I'm on to something, I think. A giraffe as an offensive coordinator would be strong because <laughs> he's got such a, you know, a high point of view of the field. He's going to see really things develop and he can really call play. I, I'm, you know, I, I think we should hire a giraffe for offensive. Well, you, you, Doesn't you even have to go to the booth. You need one at quarterback now. You can't have a, you can't have Derek King back there anymore because you got uh, you got six uh, what do you got six six three fifty at right guard you right got six six three thirty at left tackle. You're gonna have six five three oh five at right tackle. I mean, you're gonna have some some big dudes, and uh, you better be able to see over the line of scrimmage. So, traffic quarterback might be the bigger need. Okay, is it Glennon still in town, right, with the Dolphins? Oh, that's true. Mike Glennon does he have a year of eligibility left, or? <laughs> Does he want to play an offensive? Because with that neck, I mean, that's that's the human periscope. I was talking about him during the season that you, the Navy should hire him so that way if the periscope breaks down in a sub, you know, up Glennon. That's it, you know, and Glennon <laughs> just pops out of the sub. Yeah, it's all clear. You know, it's all good. All right, what do you got going on in the athletic? Well, listen, we just uh, put out a bunch of uh, recruiting roundtables for every single conference, uh, ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12. I mean, all of them are, are out there uh, sort of recapping and giving some opinions on, on the recruiting. Uh, we'll have something here on uh, Lance Guidry, not Ron Guidry, uh, probably early next week. Okay. Uh, as far as a story that Bruce and I are working on, Bruce Feldman. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got plenty of podcasts, plenty of news, all kinds of stuff going on. We're obviously watching the coordinator search, so. Lots to read over at The Athletic. All right, there you go. And follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. Have a fantastic weekend. All right, brother, you too. You got it. There you go. Don't forget, Canesware, 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Get on down there. The store is amazing. They've got anything and everything with the Canes logo. Inter-Miami is now getting started. They got Inter-Miami gear. Hey, they, they have some Marlins gear, too. When's the Marlins season? Anyway, uh, Dolphins gear. They've got Panthers gear. Panthers, let's see if they can make a push for the damn playoffs there. Would be nice overall. So they got all kinds of stuff there. 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Now, if you can't make it to Davie anywhere in South Florida, anywhere in the world, you can make it to Canesware. Yeah, Canesware.com. And when you order over $99, free shipping. From jerseys and shirts and helmets and hats and sandals and all kinds of stuff, man. You name it from pens, pencils, earrings, bracelets. They got anything and everything. Bar, uh, bar, um, like, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Bar lights or whatever they're called? Huh? Neon lights, yeah, you know, with the Canes logo on it, they spin, or, or you can put them against the wall and they light up. It's really, really nice. The, the amount of things that they have in that place with a Canes logo is just absolutely sick. Go see Brett and Jeff and all the great people out there, man. They'll take care of you at Caneswear.com. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Canesware at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at Canesware.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Canesware, the spot where inner Miami 
Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. All right, some of you out there, I see on the uh, chat board, you're all talking about, and Dougie Fresh going, I've read many articles on what happened to baseball and the leading uh, opinions. Number one, free agency. Well, all sports have free agency. No agents, they have agents. The agents, uh, you know, you you can't let them control the way they are. Larger strike zones, more breaking balls, less fastballs, heavily promoted. I don't think anything can save baseball anymore. I don't think baseball is just too slow of a sport for young people. You know, I love baseball. I love the art of the game, pitching, the strategy, all of that. I love the camaraderie that comes with it. You can go to a game. You can have a conversation while you're watching the game in between innings, in between pitches. You've got some time. You know, it's a, it's a really cool sport for many ways, but it, it's, it, it's so far behind everything else because kids, they, they, they need this, man. People need this. We're in a microwave society, man. We need things instantly. We have drive-throughs. We have instant coffee and instant soups, and, you know, that's our world. We want to, we want to get on a phone and make an immediate transaction and send it somewhere within seconds. Everything is about immediacy. Everything is about not waiting. We don't like to wait lines. We don't like to hang around and wait for things to develop. Baseball takes too long to develop for the modern society. And, you know, I've, I, do they know how to promote their game? No. The, the players are idiots, okay? They're complete morons, Football, basketball, soccer, they're all over social media. They're all over commercials. Companies are not going for baseball players to represent them. They look at them as slow. They look at them as something that is not cool. And that's the other thing. You know, even up to the days, speaking of Mr. Brave that's out there butthurt, you know, the chicks dig the long ball. And that was... um, uh, Glavin and, um, and, and Maddox and Smoltz, they were talking about that, right? And, and you know, it was one of those things that they, they were doing things the right way back in the day to try to relate to young people. But baseball players, like we, you know, last year we were complaining about jazz. Like, what is wrong with you? And, like, people in the locker in his own locker room that he's got, you know, he brings too much, you know, sizzle to. No, dude, that's exactly what you need. We need a shit ton of jazzes in baseball. But they don't get it. So if you don't make the game entertaining, if you don't give me back Ricky Henderson, you know, and don't give me back Ozzy Smith and give me back, you know, Billy Martin and give me back, you know, the color of baseball. Pete Rose and Joe Morgan and, you know, give me the color of baseball and it's gone, dude. Harry Carey's gone. You know what I mean? Everything that was colorful about baseball, the the San Diego chicken, it's gone. You know, I'm talking about shit that only old people can relate to and they're going to go, wow, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Where's fun? Oh, no, there's, did did you hear about unwritten rules when you were young? We just played the game, and now we got a bunch of stuffy idiots with unwritten rules. Sorry, man. Baseball is too antiquated. 
It's too way behind. It doesn't get it. It'll never get it. It's done. It's passe. It's a niche sport. And it matters in only a few towns because only a few towns can have good teams because it's not a sport that is also leveled. If anybody needs a hard cap more than anyone out there with no any, it's baseball that needs the hard cap. But they won't allow it because you've got to give the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox their advantages. And then a couple of other cities that can, you know, Atlanta can go to a certain extreme. Houston can go to a certain extreme and really be competitive. You know what I mean? But there aren't a lot of those teams anymore. Sorry, man. Baseball is cooked. And they don't get it. They don't understand it. And they just get older, older and stodgier and lamer. And that's their problem. And when they have a Jazz Chisholm on their team, they don't even realize that that, my friend, is the key. You need more Jazz. Okay? I want all that Jazz. Give you another old reference. What's funny is video games realize that yeah. Jazz, I mean, right. out of everybody, Jazz Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm. And everybody's yeah. mad. Like, what's he do? What's he why? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, because Jazz is entertaining, you idiots. But, uh... I wanted because Dougie was trying to finish up his comment. He said, uh, "Sorry, those differences in U.S. and Japan are between us and Japan." But J- that so culture—that was what. Yeah, that culture is different than ours. That culture—that culture is fit for baseball. Our culture is no longer fit for baseball. It's just not. Uh, Devin Jordan, thank you for the love on the super chat. Remember, you guys can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That's Cash Big O Show. And as I always tell you, I love those Bitcoin donations. Uh, Devin Jordan, morning, Big O. Looks like Pro Football Talk will be interviewing Tua today. I doubt he says anything about his multiple concussions he's had this season. I'm sure they'll mention it. He'll have to answer some kind of question. I'll be. I'll watch that interview later. Not that I normally would watch the show, but I'll watch that interview at least. Uh, I got game. Thank you for the love and the super chat, my friend. Oh, will you be going to the Hall of Fame for Zach Thomas's induction? It's a great day for Dolphins fan. Yes, I will. We will go. We will go. Uh, you want to go to that one, Sean? You do? Maybe? Slightly? You'll get. Uh, do I? Do I? Do I not feed you? No, I'm just saying, is there good food in the area? I don't know what's in. Oh, know, see, you know, here's I mean, the thing. I was talking you know, with I was talking with Lisa. I don't know if Lisa is uh, on the chat board now, but I was talking with her yesterday, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to stay in Canton. I think I'm going to stay in Cleveland. It's an hour drive, and you know we only need two days to be there in festivities. Cleveland, well, you know, there's the baseball season will be going on. Might be able to catch a baseball game. The restaurants are all over in Cleveland. There's at least some kind of a nightlife there. Uh, Kent has nothing. I've been there. And it's just Cleveland? Kenton? I, you you, we just want to show up in Ken for the festivities, meet some ah, dolphin fans. We got to we got to have a big old dolphin get together, and we are ha- we all have to meet at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we all have to sing the dolphin fight song around around Don Shula. Okay, so we are going to do that this time around. Now, 
See, so we go to Canton for the events, but we drive back to Cleveland to sleep and and hang out and maybe go to a game, maybe go to a concert. I it's mean, not like, uh, maybe I'll go to a concert. There's not anywhere in between those two like that. Like, yeah, but it's going to be a smaller town. I just don't know about Cleveland, man. I want. I you, see you've been to they, Cleveland? When the heat go to, it just looks gloomy, man. No, 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 Look no. Look at no, this. No, no, no. Look at the sky. Listen, you can. You never, go to Cleveland, can, it's like you, you can you, never compare Cleveland to Miami. I mean, that's just night well, and day. Number pines. But but it's not Cleveland winter. It's Cleveland August. It's summer. It's hot. It's it'll be blue skies. It, it won't be that bad. I don't know. I just don't think Cleveland ever gets blue skies. Oh no, no, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. They get blues about the teams, but not the skies. The, the, during the summer, we'll get some blue skies. I promise you we'll get some blue skies. But I'm thinking I stay in Cleveland instead. That's where we go. We go to Cleveland. You already got concerts, though. I don't know. I haven't checked the concerts yet in Cleveland in August. It's uh, August uh, 3rd through the, through the 6th. You know what's funny is August 3rd through the 6th is in Cleveland. I come back home. And then a couple days later, I leave to Montreal to go for the Metallica concert between the 11th and the 13th. <laughs> There's no darkness retreat around there? Thank you, Dougie. Uh, you know, if it was wintertime, the entire city and You just drop me off in a darkness retreat, pick me up each day, and I'll go with you from there. I'll just, the light's off in wherever I'm at. <laughs> um, Frankie says, get some hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'll definitely get so some. Geez. Uh, let's see. The, the 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 Hurricanes need the original Orange Bowl Stadium. No, they they just need to recruit and coach better. That's what they need to do. Uh, now, hey, listen. What we can't say with the Canes anymore is, well, they they don't make a commitment. That's out the window. The commitment's there. It's they're overcommitted. Now it's up to Mario Cristobal to get it done. That's it. Uh, thank you, Sean, says Dougie. It is a cultural phenomenon. I'm a huge seam head, and it hurts. It really hurts. Yeah, that's why you're feeling it, because you're a seam head. And seam heads always, uh, every time I have this conversation, you have the seam heads that get really touchy about it, but all you have to do is look around, dude. The sport is dying. You know? Gold jacket dinner is Saturday night. Tickets available. Yes, sir. I was there last month. Nothing has changed. Still boring. <laughs> I just went to the, I just went, I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, and uh, I just went, uh, I don't know when was that Genesis concert in Cleveland. I want to say it might have been, what, eight, ten? No, it was during the winter. So it was just this winter, actually. No, no, no. I just went, or was it last winter? It was, oh, so it was a year ago. So last winter, I went to see uh, Genesis in Cleveland and also went to the Hall of, Pro Football Hall of Fame and went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because my buddy had never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we went there and, uh, and then went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame also. So it's cool. I don't know if, he's, I don't know if he would want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you? I'll go look at the, the Hall of Fame, yes. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'll go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, looking at museum and I just... Just, just, I'm not into music to where I sit there. Like, I don't even listen to music in the car. No, I know. Unless you're with me in the car. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, it's it's podcasts or whatever else I'm listening to that day. Like, 
I don't listen to a lot of music. Oh, man. Uh, Ira really can't be serious thinking that the Heat had enough ammo to trade. for. Now, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I've been to Cedar Point, too. I've been to Cedar Point and Kings Island, both. One's in uh, Sandusky, and the other one is in... Huh? Are we... I, I, uh, check it out. Canton and... Is that where th the Tommy Boy thing is? They got the old... Uh... Auto parts store? Oh, Tommy yeah. Tommy Boy? Yeah, right. Yes. Sandusky, Ohio. Yes. Yeah, Cedar Point. Cedar Point and Sandusky, because Cedar Point is in Cedar Point. That's right. The uh, the amusement park. Uh, check out check out the distance in Google between uh, Canton and Sandusky and Canton and Cedar Point. And I know Cleveland because I checked it out yesterday just to be sure because I knew it was about an hour. I remember, our, I remember when we were doing the Marino one, Zach Krantz was with me, and we left the flats, I think it's called, or whatever it's called out in Cleveland, that area where all the bars and, and, and clubs are at and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and he thought he had a long time to sleep and all that. And I might have been going a little fast. No. And, we, and we got there like in 45 minutes or something. From Cleveland to to uh, to uh, Ken, and Zach was like, "How fast were you going?" <laughs> huh? Sandusky's two hours from from Canton. That's a long time. How about Cedar Point, Cedar Point, uh, Ohio? Both uh, both amusement. Those are two of the best amusement parks in the country, by the way. The state of Ohio has two of the best amusement parks in the country. Kings Island and Cedar Point are fantastic parks, dude. I've been to both parks, and they are absolutely awesome, dude. Love it. They have so many roller coasters, and if you're, you know, a fan of those thrill rides. How long? Well, both two hours away. Yeah, an hour and 48, I can probably do it in an hour and 10. Yeah, save you about 38 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the only reason you have seen some kids playing baseball nowadays is because they're parents and it has less to do with them actually loving the sport. Yep. Once they get old enough, they're dumping it like a bad habit. How does Bush Gardens compare to Cedar Point? Don't insult Cedar Point, bro. Don't insult Cedar Point. Okay? Don't insult it. And by the way, the Bush Gardens up north is absolutely beautiful. Okay? Well, what is it in uh, North Carolina, the one I went to, right? Is that the one? Uh, look it up there, North Carolina, or Maryland. Anyway, um, I've been to that one. It's, it's beautiful because, you know, the trees and the forest and all that, and it's all inside a forest, and it's really cool. The Tampa one's still better. Okay, I've been to both. Tampa Bush Gardens is better than the one, is it Virginia, I want to say? I want to say it's Virginia. Williamsburg, Virginia. That's it. That's the one. I've been to that one. It's beautiful. Like, like you can't compare the looks, the, the, the aesthetics, everything about it. That one is gorgeous. Because Virginia is just a, just a gorgeous state, man. When you drive through it, it's just awesome. Uh, North Carolina, I love too. But the amusement park itself, Bush Garden, is better than that one. But Cedar Point and Kings Island, please, dude. 
that's big boys parks, okay? Like Bush Gardens is nice, and they've and they've improved it. They've added a couple more rides, but no dice, doggy. It doesn't come close to those amusement parks in Ohio. Those are those are badass, badass parks, okay? Just like Sloman's Home Shield, they are badass too. They've been taking care of Americans for a hundred years now. That's right, folks. And listen, if you're looking for an alarm system. My house is protected by Slomans. His house is protected by Slomans. Florida, California, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Virginia, Georgia. Get on the phone, man. And if you're looking for a new alarm system, we're going to give away a free doorbell camera. That's right, folks. The 30, first 40 big old listeners will get a free doorbell camera. We haven't given this away in a couple of weeks now. And when you use our professional installation and our low-cost central station monitoring, you're going to get an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. Tell them that big O sent you. They'll take care of you. And for those of you that are still stuck in those winter days that you can't be hanging out in a T-shirt like us here in Florida but you're somewhere in Connecticut or New Jersey or New York or Maryland or Virginia or even Georgia, you're using heating oil, aren't you? Well, you know what you pay a month. How about if I tell you you can save money, maybe even hundreds a year? Why don't you call 1-866-OIL-DEAL, and all you're going to do is ask, how much for your your heating oil service? This is what I pay a month. What would you charge? That's all you're asking. You're only comparing. And if they can beat it, well, guess what? I'm pretty sure they're going to beat it, but you're also going to save yourself a lot of money. So it doesn't hurt. Pick up the phone, save it on that cell phone, make the make the call when you get a chance, 866-OIL-DEAL, and call them. So if you're dealing with heating oil prices as they're going up, call our friends at Slomans, taking care of Americans for over 100 years. Right. A ride, a ride, a ride. But hey, man, that's a good two weeks. We get to see Zach go into the Hall of Fame. And then the following week, I go to Montreal to go see Metallica. Man, that is, that's, that's a blessing, Lord. Thank you, sir. I am blessed. A little sports, a little, uh, a little um, music. Man, in two weeks, legendary stuff. Because uh, I, I, I'll never forget the whole Marino experience that week. And I want to be there for, for Zach, man. I want to go for, for, for um, what's it called? When, uh, you know, any of these big-time names for us make it to the Hall of Fame, I want to be there. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. Big O rocking the oaks today. Yeah, the uh, sun. Although the sun is now the, now the glare. Oh, no, it's still pretty bad. Because it comes off the it comes off the floor, and it and it gives me the glare, so then it makes me it makes me squint my eyes the entire time. Six Flags is a better compare. Yes, sir, you are right, Frankie. It is a better comparison. You know, a Bush has done a really good job in Tampa. They've improved it, but there's like twenty something roller coasters in Cedar Point. I'm not I'm not lying to you, man. It's probably 20, 21, 24 roller coasters. It's stupid. You, you, you have to go for a couple of days because you will not be able to ride all the coasters. And there's so many really cool ones, man. I remember one that I rode called Maverick, okay? And it was actually a really, really cool roller coaster. I forgot the one that spins up, goes straight up and down. And that thing's broken down several times, too. 
Luckily, it wasn't when I was there. But, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, the Carol- I've been to Carol Wins in Carolina. That's all right. That's all right. I've been to Carol Wins. I'm a, I'm a, my wife and I are coaster nuts when we were younger, and we would travel around the country to, uh, to different coasters and all that, and Texas and California, the Midwest, the East Coast. Uh, we, we've gone to a lot of uh, parks. We've driven and flown to a lot of parks. Uh, what we never really ended up doing was going to parks in other countries. That was, the other, that was the next stage, but we never got to that point. And now that we're older, okay, because my wife and I have been together 36 years, um, we're not as big on the coaster thing anymore. <laughs> kind of gets to us a little bit more than it used to. Going upside down and spinning around, all that, I used to laugh at all of that nowadays, and I could probably still do a little bit of it, but my wife does not want any part of it anymore. So we've kind of gotten, uh, as we've gotten a little older, uh, we've gotten a little softer in that area, got to admit. Lisa says, oh, there's a great rib burn off of Food Festival in Alliance, Ohio, enshrinement weekend. When we're there, we came, we came for Dan's induction. Okay. Alliance, Ohio. Where, how far is Alliance, Ohio from, from uh, Canton? Because apparently it's a rib burn-off. Uh, something you might be interested in. I don't know. Not sure. You might be interested in some ribs there, Sean. I don't know. When you go to Montreal, don't forget to visit the Big O Stadium. Well, that's, how, that's, where, the, that's where the concert's at. The concert's held in, in, the, in the Olympic Stadium. 29 minutes, so it, maybe it's in between the drives to, to Cleveland and, uh, and uh, Canton. So we can stop to have uh, lunch or dinner or whatever there. I love it. Uh, the best rides are in the fair. Oh, yeah, baby, the youth fair. I love me some youth fair. I, I also go for the food, right? I mean, you know, I got to admit, I got to have me an elephant ear. Oh, I was, we are going to be broadcasting live at the youth fair, okay? We're going to be there three weeks. We're going to have three different shows. We'll be at the youth fair, just to tell you already ahead of time. So I was talking with the folks from the youth fair yesterday. This is funny that you bring this up. So they told me, oh, we're going to bring you a Cuban sandwich. And I go, okay. No, 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 no. We know you love elephant ears. It's an elephant ear Cuban sandwich. So the bread is an elephant ear. And I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds so good. Because <laughs> that's the beauty of the fair. There are some foods like that fried Oreo stuff that you would never, ever have anywhere else. What? what? They fry everything at those fairs. I know, but, but it's fried. like you can bring your own stuff from home and they'll just throw it in they'll there. They'll just throw it oh, in there. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But the fried Oreo is like something you would never have anywhere except at that fair. Why, you do it at your house? Oh, yeah. You're that hard. I've never seen anybody. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know anybody that's fried Oreos at their house. Yeah, fried Oreos, fried Snickers, yes. Fried Snickers? Yes. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, so good. I don't know about, you know, I tried the Oreo and it's all right, but the fried Snicker, that actually sounds really good. You get it just right, bite in, it's just gooey. It's Ooh. good stuff. Wow. 
That's nice. Good, good stuff. All right. So we we'll, can't go wrong with fried. Well, we'll can't get we'll get wrong. we'll get suggestions. Friday. Now. That's right. We'll get suggestions uh, for our our trip to Canton from all of you out there as we get closer. Uh, let's see. What else do we? What? What the McRib? Are you gonna fry the McRib? I don't know. I'll eat the McRib up. What are you talking? Those are the best sandwiches ever. When is the McRib coming back? Uh, it just was back, and now it's gone again. Okay. Funny thing about the McRib. Is it, is it really rib? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows what it really is. Oh, but I love it. Nobody love it. knows what it really is. Uh, let, me, uh, let me just check here, because just in case, and I am glad I checked. Cash App or Venmo, Adam Pinkser. Thank you for the love on Venmo, sir. Remember, you can make, make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. Uh, and remember, Bitcoin donation always welcomed. Oh, so happy for Zach Thomas. Always admired his work ethic and hustle. Hell yeah, man. Hells yeah. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you, my man. Thank you for uh, sending in the donation. Justin Floyd. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the super chat. He says in Tua's interview with Nate Burleson, he just said he will be taking judo every Friday to learn how to fall. Wow, that's you guys heard me talk about this, right? That in, I took judo for many years, and they, they would teach you how to fall in judo. Uh, thoughts, keep up the good work, fellas. That's super smart on his part. Super smart on his part. Ever since I took judo as a kid, no, no. Let me let me explain something to you. Did you take any martial arts when you were young? Yeah, I took I took a little bit, and then in wrestling they teach you how to fall. I, it helped. It, it helped me. It helped me when I was falling. I always learned how to roll on any fall. I didn't care what it was. I don't care if I was tripping in the street or if I was playing basketball or football or whatever. After after doing judo for many years it assisted me on breaking falls and hurt and, and stopping me from hurting myself i might maybe even falling in my house i might have I, I i know still to this day how to roll when i fall so i don't fall badly you know what i'm saying i i am 100 percent on this for tua because to me, I know from personal experience, it helped me as a kid. And then as I kept playing sports and all kinds of stuff, you're going to fall in life. And it is actually a, a skill to it, a, a technique to it, that once you're losing your balance, then you learn how to then fall to break it. At least you try. Not going to happen every time. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like every time's going to be dead. It's not every nut shot's not going to be that Milano hit to where, you know, that's where I think, yeah, he's got to learn how to fall in a way. But in football, you never know which way you're going right. to get hit to go with the fall. So it's, it's kind of a little bit different there because even with like, you know, I know, no, you know but, but let me ask wrestling. But, but, no, no, but just to follow up on your point right there, mm -mm. if you don't know how to fall, when you get hit, you're just airborne and then you don't know and you're just going to. Fall on your face. Somebody that knows judo is going to try to then roll as as they try to fall. Just like the guy that doesn't play baseball doesn't know how to slide. 
So then all of a sudden the QB, as we see sometimes with some of these QBs, that they don't know how to slide, that guy probably didn't play baseball. And so you see somebody coming at you, but you don't know how to get out of the way, and so you awkwardly slide, and then you hurt yourself because you don't know how to slide. And so these are things that I think, again, you are 100% right. The, the unknown at times will not, you know, it's going to be hard to make up for that. But when you do see it, and when you do get hit, and you can brace for it, then you, then you can prepare yourself on how to fall. So if you don't have the knowledge of knowing how to fall or the knowledge of, of sliding, then no matter what happens, you're going to be at a disadvantage. But if at least you have that knowledge, you're going to be able to defend yourself in certain situations. Yeah, yeah, in certain situations, yeah. My worry is because you saw it when he, the, was it the last concussion? Yeah. He but, went to, so he didn't hit on his thing, he rolled over to the other way. Right. You know, and again, maybe as, as he's doing it, it becomes second nature. My, my worry is it becomes second nature to him to roll, and I use this, and it, it's different, but I'm talking about the, the principle of, of applying it is you get used to it, and, you know, like you say, every time you know you to roll and things like that. In wrestling, we're told to tuck our chins. Right. Tuck your chins so your head doesn't hit the ground. Well, here's the thing. AJ Styles created a move called the Styles Clash. Okay, and whenever you take a move in wrestling, you're always told, tuck your chin, tuck your chin, tuck your chin. Well, when he first started doing the move, everybody's tucking their chin and getting their head driven into the ground because it's just, it, you know you're going to hit the ground, you tuck your chin. You had to learn to start going, you know, putting your head up for his move or else you're getting spiked. You're getting your neck driven right into the ground. So I just hope he, you know, again, doesn't go the whole extreme way and be like, oh, this is how I got to do every time. And then he starts getting... Right. You know, possibly injured that way. Because, again, the reason I think he got injured this time is he didn't want to land on his shoulder. Yeah. As, as you pointed out over and over here. And so he did the roll, and, and it ended up being the concussion. Again, but, again, it's going to help you in some some, sometimes yeah. mm -hmm. that you can brace for it and you can prepare for it, and then you can kind of, you know, try to take on the fall. But then there are going to be times where yeah, no. none of it is going to help yeah. you. But you see it even with slides. Yep. Guys that can't even execute a slide will injure themselves. Yep. yep. It's the weirdest thing. All right, let's get ready for hour number three. Scott Pianowski is going to join us. Let's get to our sports grill, Miami Dolphins and NFL draft talk right here with Scott Pianowski. There is no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. 
If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to, and that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie, and open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiwear.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield home security system guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield security system and doorbell camera all professionally installed for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield. Welcome to Red Light Therapy. A revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train, fight, recover. or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media grouping, ownership, management, sponsors, or website. While the NFL plans for the 2023 season, the Big O Radio Show keeps you informed by tracking everything from free agency, trades, draft, and all the news you can handle. It's the SportsGrill.com Dolphins and NFL Draft Report. With Yahoo Sports, Scott Pianowski. Is locked and loaded. How you doing, my man? You doing good? I'm doing great. Can't wait for the Super Bowl. We, you know, we got the two number one seats. We got the MVP. We got all sorts of star power. We got a lot of fun props to unpack. I think we're going to see a high-scoring game. So yep. uh, let's get to it, man. Yeah, man. We got a lot of things to uh, to talk about. Obviously, going on. Uh, first of all, uh, want to uh, get your thoughts on this Super Bowl. Let's uh, let's get into a little Super Bowl talk. Uh, what do you think about this matchup right now? The Eagles are favored uh, by a point, a point and a half, depending on where you, where you see it right now. What, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, where you come down in this game, ultimately, are you more into the Eagles having the better roster or the Chiefs having more Super Bowl experience and having the best player in the league in Mahomes? 
and, and Andy Reid, who's already in the Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned, no matter what happens the rest of his career. Oh, please. The Eagles have a good coaching staff, of course. But, you know, Andy Reid famously so good off a of bye week, right? They just had two weeks to prepare. That's advantage Kansas City. They've been to the Super Bowl before. It's such a different – you know, obviously the Eagles, like they waltzed through the NFC playoffs. They didn't really have to do anything that difficult because the Giants weren't that good. The Niners lost their quarterback right away. But the Super Bowl is such a different game because there's all the hype and there's, there's all the waiting and the halftime is interminably long and everything. It, a lot of times, I'm not surprised when you see Super Bowls get off to slow starts because I think the players a lot of times are a little bit tight and maybe even the play callers are a little bit conservative early on. So a lot of times you see games like Carolina and New England you know, a couple of decades ago where it's like nothing's happening and then the second half everything explodes. I lean Kansas City, but... Philadelphia's roster is great. More of my action is on the props. There's a lot of player props I like. And again, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. And I think some of the offensive matchups really tie in well to what the defenses are going to allow them to do. So I'm going to have more prop action than I do on the game. But my official pick is Kansas City. All right. So with and I'm actually going to pick Kansas City myself. I know everybody looks at the Eagles. <coughs> I, I just kind of I, I think the secondary for Kansas City is being overlooked. I think they're better than what people think they are. Uh, I think Mahomes is going to play one hell of a game. And I really think that, you know, Hurts was – he wasn't necessarily sharp in that NFC Championship game. I think if KC can be disruptive and they have a guy that <laughs> – as good as the Eagles line is, Chris Jones or Aaron Donald or, you know, there's certain guys – a Boza, you know, there's certain guys that are just going to wreak havoc on you, whether you like it or not, and I don't care how good your line is. I think Chris Jones is that guy. And I think Chris Jones can actually create some havoc where he's going to force Hurts to have to get rid of the ball a little faster and, and crumble that pocket and put some pressure. And that's where I want to see if – I'm counting on, on Mahomes being the more accurate passer out of the two – that's why I'm leaning to the better quarterback, and then I'm leaning on the tangible part of Chris Jones being the ultimate difference maker on that D-line assisting that secondary. Yeah, you hit on a lot of things that I would just nod and agree to. Disruptive, right? That's the right word for Chris Jones. He, he got some down-ballot votes for Defensive Player of the Year. That's how good he was, and we saw him break up the Bengals. You know, the, the, the Jones getting his second sack in that final Cincinnati Play, offensive play was probably the biggest play. I think Jones is the second most important player for Kansas City in this game. Obviously, the quarterback is the first right. player you're going to mention, especially when he is Patrick Mahomes. He throws the ball as much as he does. But if the Eagle, if the Eagles lose in this game, if Kansas City wins, Chris Jones probably had a big... If I think Jones even... We, we know how MVP works for the Super Bowl, that the quarterbacks often earn the MVP, and even when they don't, if there's not an obvious pick, they usually give it to the quarterback. I still think Justin Tuck was robbed. I think Ty Law was robbed in the Super Bowl that Tom Brady got an MVP. But I would not be shocked if Chris Jones somehow, you know, if, if he gets a strip sack, right? If he gets, like, two sacks and forces, like, a fumble of Hurts or something like that, because the Eagles' offense is so good. It's it's not realistic to say to Kansas City, okay, let's hold him to 320 yards. Let's hold him to 14 points. That's not going to happen. The Eagles are going to move the ball. So the idea is, can you disrupt them? Can you make them punt a couple of times? Can you get a couple of turnovers? Can you rattle the cage of Hurts, who 
I mean, let's look at the schedule, man. I mean, look at look at the teams they beat. I mean, I know the NFC was was wasn't that great this year. The division wasn't that great. You can only play who's put in front of you. And the Chiefs didn't have the hardest schedule in the world either. But the Eagles had a cakewalk of a schedule, and then they played two playoff games. Hertz comes off an injury. We don't really know how healthy he is. He wasn't needed to do heavy lifting. He's thrown so few passes in the fourth quarter because games have gotten away from other teams, and the Eagles have just run the ball and salted away the clock. So has he really been has he is he up to this test? Can he throw haymakers back and forth with Patrick Mahomes? And again, all you're asking the Chiefs defense to do, we're not saying stop them. We're not saying shut them out. We're not saying win the game on defense. I'm just saying just just get in their way. Just disrupt them. Just make three or four plays that can tilt the game a little bit. I think Chris Jones is that guy who can do it. And that's a that's probably the second strongest reason I have for being on Kansas City. All right. Um uh, just uh, I, And listen, next week, folks, we're going to pick up more of the draft talk and things like that. But just out of curiosity, did you watch anything in the Senior Bowl this week? I know you had a rough week, so just in case, did, were you able yeah, to catch? I, 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 I haven't done any prep about the upcoming draft yet. I'm gonna That will start for me Monday. Yeah, exactly. I figured that. And then the other thing is Vic Fangio. What would you think of that hiring for the Miami Dolphins? I, I, I love going back backwards on the coaching uh the reverse peter principle whenever you can get a former coach who didn't work didn't work out as a head coach and get him as a coordinator i think it's a great move i, I fangio still a great defensive mind in my in my opinion i i think that this is and and now you got the balance that you need you know because on defense obviously you had some issues you had a lot of injuries uh, but now you've got like a head coach running your defense. And I think for McDaniel, that's going to be a really comforting thing that he doesn't have to necessarily worry about the defense and he can leave it to to a seasoned pro. All right, I'll let's tell you what. There, there are 28 teams in the NFL that don't want to play the AFC East next year because Buffalo is set up to be good. The Look at the Jets' infrastructure, right? They just had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. And you could argue that Brees Hall was as talented as those other two guys, right? Uh, Quinn Williams got a, a down ballot pick for defensive player of the year. If they can get a quarterback, the Jets are really dangerous in Miami. Even with all the stops and starts with Tua, they made the playoffs and they gave Buffalo a scare. Tyree Kill was in the running for offensive player of the year. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is still on the up escalator. And New England, who probably has the weakest roster on paper, how bad can a Bill Belichick team ever be? This looks like the best division in football to me. Yeah, no, it's there's no doubt that that division is going to be an absolute bitch. And you would expect the Jets. Oh, so let me play the shell game with you, the quarterback shell game. Okay, been having some fun with this. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. No fence straddling. Tie them to one team each. Pack to the future. Right? Rodgers is going to the Jets. Carr is going to the Saints. And let's say Garoppolo goes to the Raiders. I got I got the reverse. I got Rodgers going to the to Vegas, and I got Garoppolo going to the uh, to the Jets. That's what I got. Car, car in New Orleans. Yeah, Car definitely. I'm, I agree with you in New Orleans, uh, but I I think Rodgers does not want to deal with the New York market. Once he gets out of that black it's room a, a for four days, he, he, he's going to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to deal with the New York Post yeah. bringing up my relationships and and this that, and I don't get along with my parents. And uh, yeah, yeah, in Vegas he'll go play with Devonte Adams. He's a West Coast guy, so he's closer to the West Coast now. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I just think that 
Yeah, I, well, I may be wrong. You might be right that he might end up going to New York. I think that that's the with, – with you and me, the, here's where we're going to be either right or wrong. I think we're both going to be right on, on Carr going to New Orleans because that looks like a perfect fit for him, you know, overall. But I think the New York thing is going to be something that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be very comfortable with. The thing is, I think the Jets are a better suit set up to maybe be a winning team next year where I don't like the Vegas roster very much. I'm with you. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if he thinks that. You know what I mean? I'm not sure Plus, if I he's... Mean, you, you, go, you go to the AFC West. And, I, and look, I, I talked about how the AFC East is going to be a meat grinder, and it oh, is. Oh, God, the but West. The AFC West, you got Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, and God help us if Sean Payton can fi fix Russell Wilson. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. But, I mean, he'll have a better chance of doing it than Hackett had. Yeah. That that division's set up to be a monster, too. Uh, it's going to be really hard to win there. Yeah, no, it'll be a bitch of a division either way. He's not, he's not winning in the West. I'm sorry, not with that team. The but Raiders are going to win seven and ten. I don't think like when people thought Brady was going to go to the Raiders, like, well, why to go well, yeah. six and eleven? Yeah, I always thought. I'm disappointed. You talk about quarterback fits. I thought Brady fit San Francisco perfectly. I'm disappointed that's yeah. not going to happen. I agree. I agree. He would have been perfect there. He doesn't have to do a lot. He just has to From complete a couple passes. They've got the running game. They've got the defense. Yeah, they're dominant everywhere. They would have been a Super Bowl caliber team, and he would have had a chance to win. Easily, they're a championship with that kind of team. I'm, he's I'm with from you that there. Area, right? He grew up, but he was in the yes. stadium when Montana threw the pass to Clark. You exactly. Know, a 49er it, fan way back. Get one more victory lap, go deep in the playoffs with San Francisco. I was, I don't know if they, I get a figure back channels. They must have kicked the tires and maybe San Francisco's like, well, we think we can get Purdy back and we have to see what we have with Trey Lance. I don't know what their angle is. They've made it clear they're not going to bring Garoppolo back. And, and Garoppolo, by the way, is the uh, he's the underrated guy in all this, right? Because Rodgers, you know, he's won MVPs and everything, and he's such a diva, such an attention guy. And I think Garoppolo gets over overlooked. I, it's it's only the injuries, dude. That's all it is, is that he yeah. breaks down all the time, and that's kind of been his entire – I mean, from the first time that he got on the field that for Deflategate, he couldn't even last the four games they needed him. Right. They had to Brissette use Brissett. You know what I mean? He's never had any luck whatsoever staying healthy. I think everybody looks at Jimmy and says, the dude can play. It's not that he can't play. It's just he's never available for you. And that's the, and that, I think, is what hurts him ultimately when it's all Bell said and point. done. Yeah. Because uh, he's not really a bad yeah. – and by the way, New York, they just had another – they just had one MILF monster. Now they're going to have a, a, a babe magnet now in, uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo. So – you know, he kind of gets to pick up where Broadway Joe left off. Every, every you know? quarterback's a babe back then. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been linked to Mallory Edens, who's the daughter of one yeah, of the – Yeah, but there's nothing like Garoppolo. Yeah. There's nothing like – like Garoppolo is looked at like he's a G, GQ model playing. By the way, have you ever seen that that video where he's at the Warriors game with with Kittle and, and, and uh, McCaffrey and two other guys? Did you ever see that video? Yeah, and they, and they act like they're not even there. Right. The, all the cheerleaders the come by to say hi to Jimmy, and they don't even act like – and you know that those guys would have gotten all kinds of attention in a club somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you're there, and Jimmy Garoppolo just, you know, just outshines everybody. Yeah, just, this quarterback – you know, right, what they call quarterback face, right? Right, he's, he's got it. the face of your organization. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's got he's got that face. All right, let's 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 get to some props in this game. Uh, let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Um, half an interception, higher or lower. Rushing yards, 18 and a half, higher or lower. 
294 passing yards, higher or lower, two and a half total TDs, higher or lower? I'll tell you the ones that I would punch. Uh, he's going to throw a pick in this game because Philadelphia's got the best pass rush in the league, and it comes from five different guys. They had four different guys with double-digit sacks, and then Fletcher Cox, I think, had seven. So they get they rush you on the on the on the flanks they rush you up the middle they can rush you without exotic things and that's such a valuable weapon i don't think mahomes is going to run much in this game either and i know it's a low total usually i like betting running props for quarterbacks in the playoffs because like what are you saving yourself for you know you might as well just you know let it all hang out yolo you go for it but and he did have that big run at the end of the Bengals game but i would lean under on his rushing props plus if you think can't see he's going to win the game you're going to get the deal downs too I feel confident he'll throw a pick in this game. I feel confident he will not run that much in this game. The yeah. other two props I'm going to to skip, but there's plenty of Kansas City stuff I like. In fact, I'll just pivot to the next thing. How about the two and a half touchdowns? Total, not thrown, but total. You got to figure he goes over that. This is going to be a high-scoring game, and they, Kansas City doesn't, you know, they, they don't. Pacheco's been okay, but when they get in close, they they score on touch. They score right. on touchdown passes. It's right. Mahomes who is the guy who gets the touchdowns. Uh, and how about the passing? Two ninety-four and a half. It's such a big number. I, I think I, I would. I have to bet over if, if you force me to play it, but I'm not going to play it. All right, Pacheco, <laughs> forty-nine and a half yards rushing, uh, fifteen and a half yards receiving. Jarek McKinnon, twenty-two and a half yards receiving, three receptions, and I'm going to go five and a half uh, rushing attempts. What do you think? Any of those? <laughs> Excuse me, a little bit of a cold here. Um, these are two. This is where I really feel confident. It's a shame we didn't talk early in the week as the number keeps going up. But McKinnon's receiving yards in Pacheco's. Now, McKinnon had a huge December. In the playoffs, it's been a little bit more Pacheco. He's getting more in the circle of trust. And Mahomes has been checking down rather than running because he's a little bit hobbled. But what do you do against a team that has a great pass rush? How do you slow it down? Screen game. Get the ball out of your quarterback's hands. I think both these running backs are going to easily beat their receiving props. Okay. All right. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, half a touchdown, seven and a half receptions, and 79 and a half yards receiving. Those are all such huge numbers, but... I, I love receiving touchdown. Half a receiving Philly, touchdown? Me too. I, I'm punching receiving touchdown. I already have that. The thing with Philly is they play so much zone... And what does that mean? Define throws in the middle of the field. That that's Travis Kelsey, and they're going to even though the Chiefs don't have great wide receivers, they're Philadelphia is going to concede if, if if they have to give up Travis Kelsey seven yards, nine yards, eleven yards. That's better than Feldes Scantling cat, catching a forty yard pass or McCole Hardman getting behind somebody or Sky Moore, God forbid, your Kadarius Tony gets on the field. So teams as great as Kelsey is. Teams want you to have a 15-play drive. They don't want you to have a five-play drive. I, I think Kelsey's going to have 11 catches in this game. All right. Uh, receivers, as you talked about right now, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, three-and-a-half receptions and 37-and-a-half receiving yards. Kadarius Toney, three receptions, 27-and-a-half receiving yards. Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, 37-and-a-half yards receiving and two and a half receptions. Any of those interesting to you? Yeah, Juju, because again, the middle of the field is going to be open, and you're talking about a team that plays zone, that, that plays into Juju's skill set. The problem with everybody else in this receiving tree is you just never know who's in the circle of trust, who's going to dress, who's going to be on the field. 
and God forbid, like Hardman runs the wrong route, or your know, Sky Moore drops a pass, or you know, M MVS does something wrong. I mean, they can easily get mothballed and get ignored for the rest of the game. I don't feel comfortable playing any of their receivers and any of their props other than Juju. I think Juju's an easy over in this. Game. He's going to have like not, not even Sky Moore seven and a half yards receiving over and under. I love props you can win on one play. You know, even, uh, that, even that, that's what I was thinking anywhere. about the Sky Moore one. Like he's, they throw to him every once in a yeah. while, and he'll easily get seven and a half yards, dude. I, mean, I might bet two of them in tandem and think, well, I'm going to hit one of them, and maybe if I get lucky, like, I get two of them. But <laughs> let, let me give you the thrust here. The ones I really like: Mahomes will throw a pick. The receivers are going to be involved in the passing game, and bet anything you want on Travis Kelsey because there's no way. The problem with Kelsey is you can't cover him because he's bigger than everybody else. Right. Even if you have somebody standing right next to him, he's got the catch radius. So he's always open even when he doesn't look open. They can't win without b him being a big part of it anyway. No, he's, really he's just a stud. All right, Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of these that are, that are pretty interesting. One and a half passing TDs, half a rushing TD. We're going to go with 49 and a half yards rushing. 239 and a half yards passing and half an interception. He'll throw the pick. This may sound counterintuitive. He's going to have a rushing touchdown, but he's not going to beat his rushing prop. Keep in mind what Hurts is. He's a resourceful runner, and they call design runs for him. But he's not the Lamar Jackson, Steve Young, Michael Vick breakaway runner. You like you, you watch like a Justin Fields highlight, and you always know at any point, even if Justin Fields is in trouble, he might make it into a 60-yard run. That's not Hurts's game. He is a good runner, but he's a different. He's more of a physical runner. He's more of a schemed-up runner. They love him at the goal line. He's going to have a rushing touchdown in this game, but I think he'll only have about 30 rushing yards. Okay. Throw the pick, too. All right, let's go to the running backs because there's some interesting stuff here. Okay, Miles Sanders, obviously, is their number one guy. But, all right, so first, four and a half yards receiving for Miles Sanders, 60 and a half yards rushing for Miles Sanders, half a rushing plus receiving TD. So either one gets you over that half. And then the other one is Kenneth Gainwell. 11 and a half yards receiving, four and a half rushing attempts, and 19 and a half rushing yards. Your yeah, thoughts on this? Those last two, we've been talking about Gainwell some during the playoffs. Those last two numbers speak to me. Because I think Gainwell's carved out a role here. And remember, yes. Not that, not that they're necessarily looking towards next year, but Sanders is a free agent. I think Gamewell, and I know Gamewell's only about 200 pounds or so, but and this is always going to be a committee-driven team, plus a quarterback who runs, so that's part of the committee too. But Gamewell's probably going to be their starter next year. I think the Eagles, the way they're structured, they like Sanders, but they're not going to prioritize him. If anybody else wants to give him a good contract, they'll be like, okay, you know, we had a nice run, thanks a lot. And isn't it interesting that Sanders was a really good receiver when he came out of college. He had a big receiving year his first year. This year, he didn't even get to 100 receiving yards. They just shut him out. That part of that is Hurts doesn't want... When you have a running quarterback, they don't check down. They run. So a lot of times that hurts the running backs in the receiving game. But I, it sounds crazy. I actually would go under on Sanders for the receiving. I don't think they're going to prioritize him at all in that way. And I love the Gamewell props. Gamewell, I think Gamewell's going to have like seven carries for like 35 yards. Right, exactly. Exactly. To me, he'll the 19 and a half, I, I don't know, man. Maybe they know yeah, something we don't. One play. He, he gets the second level, you just won. He's done. Right. You got it. I'm with you. All right, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Let's go with uh, five receptions for A.J. Brown, 72 and a half yards receiving. Devonta Smith, five receptions, 64 and a half yards receiving. If I were going to play Smith, I would only play the receiving yards. I wouldn't play the catches. But I'll tell you what I've already bet on. 
I've already taken A.J. Brown over his yardage. I got it maybe a yard lower, but you know, low 70s, he'll beat that. And A.J. Brown's longest reception, I think, is in the neighborhood of 26.5. Kansas City, I agree with you, Kansas City's secondary. When you have young players, what's underrated is that by the end of the season, they're basically like an, another year of experience. So I don't think the Kansas City secondary is as bad as people want to make it out to be. But let's look at the stats, right? They're 29th against number one receivers, and that's what A.J. Brown is. He's a guy who wins on every type of route, everywhere on the field. He's going to end this game with like 95, 100 yards, and he's going to have at least one long splash play. I, I like to go 26 and a half over, and I like him, whatever the yardage prop is. And, and remember, we always talk about this with props. If you're going over, bet early. If you're going under, bet late. So if you're thinking of going over on some of these props, I would get them in as soon as you can because people like to bet overs anyway, and these numbers are going to keep rising. I'm going over on A.J. Brown. Dallas Garter, uh, last one here. Tight end, five receptions, 48 and a half yards receiving. Lean over on the yardage. Again, I, I, the catches, I'm not sure what to do with that because the, the Chiefs will throw 45 passes. If the Eagles can get away with 27, 28 passes, they'll do that. I would lean over on the guard at yardage, but I don't love his props. Okay. All right. There you go. What do you got going on in Yahoo so folks uh, can check you out, my friend, this weekend? Yep. A lot of baseball content up. We gave out our players who are most excited to draft and do know that Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is open for business. And when you need to debrief from the Super Bowl, the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast will be coming at you Monday. I'll be taping with Matt Harmon giving you a look at what just happened and a look ahead. And, of course, you know, we're going to have all sorts of content covering the draft covering the NFL draft, free agency, all that type of stuff, because the NFL has a 12-month calendar, as we all know. Remember last year, right? It was just crazy with receivers. All the Last year was the receiver-changing team. Yeah. A.J. Brown changed. Devontae Adams changed. You guys got Tyreek Hill. This year it's going to be all about the quarterbacks, which you and I teased a little while ago. So the NFL is going to have a crazy offseason, and we're going to be here for you covering it and excited about it at Yahoo Sports. What would you think of uh, Zach Thomas? I deserve it. I, he deserved it so badly. And, man, it, it – it makes me so frustrated. I'm glad, but frustrated at the same time that Don yeah. Coryell goes in long after he's passed. Because I hate that, that guy. Yeah, that guy obviously. You know, Steve Sable went in after he died, which will always frustrate me. He gets people in the Hall of Fame. Ken Stabler went in after he died. Clifford Branch. You know, let's let's be. I think everybody's heard this, but you know, let's let's tell people what we think about them when they're here. Yeah, you know, let's no. not wait. Hey, when Andy Reid retires, why does he have to wait five years, bro? Why? Yeah. Right. You know, like we're, we know what it is now and five years from now and 10 years from now, get his ass in once he retires. Don't wait five years. Do things can change. Do that, right? Did, yeah. Didn't the NHL put Gretzky in right away when he retired or something like that? I'm they, not sure. That, I, I forgot about that. Did they? I, think I have they no did. problem with that. Me neither. <laughs> I have no uh, who problem. Who's going against Wayne Gretzky? Yes. I mean, give me a break. Although it, it'll be a baseball rider. Because there's always some idiot a baseball rider. It's like 99%. It's like. Yep. Dude, it's Derek Jeter. It's Hank Aaron. It's Babe Willie, Ruth. It's Willie Mays. It's Mickey Mantle. It's Willie right? Mays. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't see enough. <laughs> where, where, where are you? What's wrong with you? How can you be the one guy? You know, it's baseball always has that idiot that does that every single sure. time. All right. You're so right on that. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Scott underscore Pianowski and catch his exceptional work there at Yahoo. Glad to have you back, my friend. I hope all is well. Thanks, buddy. Great to talk to you, big guy. Enjoy the game. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Scott Pianowski getting it done. Sports Grill, baby. 
Eight great locations. I've been saying for years, seven great locations. Now I get to say eight great locations, which is just absolutely awesome, folks. So go check it out. You got the Super Bowl this weekend. The Doral location is open and ready to go. They got all kinds of specials for you, all kinds of food and drink specials going on. And they've always got specials going on for NFL games. So uh, enjoy it out there. The special grilled wings. Remember, their sauces now you can take them home with you sports grill baby great place to go with friends and family members and great food and great sports this is the sportsgrill.com dolphins and nfl draft report with yahoo sports scott pianowski cheer on your favorite south florida sports team at sportsgrill.com with eight great locations go to sportsgrill.com and find a slice of sports heaven Yes, a slice of sports heaven. That's exactly what it is. I should have some special grilled wings this weekend. That sounds like a... And yes, Gretzky was right in after the 99. He retired, immediately inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame. Yes, and why waste any stinking time, bro? Um, There's some Marlins news. No. Yes. Good news? I don't know if it's good news. What do you got? Sixto Sanchez has lost 46 pounds. Okay. Said shoulders good. Hasn't been told if or when he'll pitch in the spring games, but expects to pitch in games in March or April. He's thrown five bullpen sessions. Feels great. Even hit 88 miles per hour. Important variable for the Marlins. Wow. Okay. It's been how many years now since we last saw Sixto? Like three, four years oh, ago? I thought it was Sixto. Huh? Oh, six, six years for Sixto? I honestly forgot he was on the Marlins. I knew he was still on the Marlins, but it's like I've given up on him because the poor kids had so many injuries, and now it's been a few years, and you just don't know if he still has that same wicked-ass arm that he had that you can tell there was, like, there was talent there, bro. Talent. Serious freaking talent that that kid has. What a shame. Uh, let's see. Big O, the other day you were talking that they should have a museum. They built a beautiful amphitheater on the site called Bethel Woods Center for the Arts, which has a Woodstock Museum. Oh, they do. Oh, that is awesome. See, that's smart. Smart. Should, man. It's a historic place. That's very cool. Maybe I'll visit it one day. Uh, let's see. Eagles didn't play anyone. Well, they're still damn good. Eagles Miami Super Bowl. Let me down. Eagles will win this game, says David. Zachary, uh, Big O, don't have much time. Just wanted to say congrats to Zach Thomas on finally getting into the NFL Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. About damn time. I'm, a, I'm with you there, Zachary, like the rest of us. Uh, we agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. Son of Liberty says uh, Eagles will win the Super Bowl and Jalen will raise the trophy in the air Sunday night. He's a great QB. He's not a great QB, not yet, but he is one hell of a player and he's a great human being. No doubt about that. Leader, everything. He's got it all. He hasn't turned the corner yet to be a great QB yet, but his team is so good. He just has to be good enough on Sunday night. For Jalen, I'm glad Miami didn't draft him. Uh, between Flores and the fans, Jalen 
and Tua deserve better. Well, I am, uh, I'm still surprised with Jalen, by the way. I'm impressed with Jalen because I didn't expect him to be that good. You sending uh, something to Cam there? Huh? Did, did you hear about the story with, the, you know, remember when Mitchell Trubisky was taken out because there was a bug going through the Steelers and Tyler, or, sorry, Tyler, uh, Kenny Pickett was inserted to be the starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, Radio Rose, a lot of stories being told. Apparently, uh, wide receiver Deontay Johnson punched Mitch Trubisky in the face in the locker room, which is why Kenny was <laughs> put into the game. That's All why right. he was benched. Because so, Mitchell had a busted lip, so they didn't want to put him out there? Yeah, that was the bug that was going around the uh, busted Steelers eye. locker room. So, so a player busted Mitchell Trubisky. And they said, well, look at his face. It's damaged. We can't put him out there. Then uh, they're going to be asking all kinds of questions. So we'll start Kenny Pickett. And so, like, you know, but it's not like Mitchell Trubisky's Wally Pip. Okay? So let's not, let's not get, like, it is Mitchell Trubisky. Okay? We kind of know who he is. And he got punched because he wasn't getting the receiver the ball enough. Yeah. That's okay. All right. I, I'm, I, I've been a Kenny Pickett believer from day one. From day one. When, when the, when I liked him in the draft, and when the Steelers drafted him, I said, this, this kid, give him some time, because obviously, you know, you're not going to get a finished product right away. But he's got it. I watched it at Pittsburgh. He's got moxie, bro. And then he was coming out of draft to talk about his hands and all that. Give me a break, dude. The kid can play. Just give him some time, let him grow, and he started to grow towards the end of that uh, of this past season in his rookie year. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future. All right, let's uh, let's talk. Let's unleash the Wolf Pack, Cameron Wolf, with our KSDTCPA, Miami Dolphins, and NFL reports. We unleash the Wolf Pack. As we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT-CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT-CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL Insider Cameron Wolf. All right, all right, all right. There he is. Oh, you got the sunglasses on. It's it's Friday. That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. And you, fresh from a four-day dark retreat, tell us how it was. (laughs) Hey man, I, I wish I had that retreat like Aaron Rodgers did. You know, you know. I'm sure there's all kinds. No, of you don't. There. You don't no. want to be in a dark room for four days, no, no like lights, that. and they slide some. Get the hell out of here! I want to be on a beach in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay, that's therapy for me, doggy. Sitting on the uh, sitting on the coast, watching yeah. the beach roll in, and they yeah. bringing me a drink. Me and the wife are just kicking it and that to me is therapy there's something wrong with you if you want to be locked up in a room for four days you got some demons or something you're trying to deal with doggy because the way i deal with demons come on man 
Give me yeah. a cold one. I'm chilling out. I'm relaxing. That's all I need to do. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I love the sun. I can't imagine just being in the darkness, being someone's retreat. But you know, if you got medicine like Aaron Rodgers, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't remember any of those four days. The mushrooms and you're taking the mushrooms and all that. God bless. Yeah. I don't know, man. But yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I. I, I hope he's not doing cocaine because then he'll be paranoid in the dark. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, that would that be would. really bad. Yeah, that that would be really bad. By the way. What the hell happened with the the Michael Irvin situation looks really, really like hairy, bro. Like like somebody's getting bamboozled here. You know, I kind of feel bad. I don't know enough about this. I don't know. Have has anything else come out? Has that video come out yet? But I have a hard time believing that in 45 seconds that guy, that poor guy gets kicked off for the week or anything. I'm dying to find out what the hell happened because this is that's this is an odd story, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Mike is a, a teammate of mine, so I can't really <laughs> go too depth in there. No, but that's right. I forgot about it, that. That's it right. Is, uh, but it's it weird. Yeah, it's something. It's something. Yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of, it almost feels like an incident that should have been looked into a lot more before any kind of decision was made. That's what I wish would have happened, unfortunately. But he came back with some fire, $100 million, and ensuing so uh i'm glad it's like when he was cleared of that stuff that he was accused of years ago when he came back come say it with the same kind of you know uh, vigor enthusiasm or fire or whatever word i forgot what adjective he was saying because everybody was going after him and then he was cleared and it was like well come on guys let's go use the same energy when you clear me as you do when you accuse me you know that kind of stuff so i hope we kind of take a step back here and wait till everything comes in because it's a really weird story. I just have a hard time believing that in 45 seconds, the whole world is going to end like that. It's just kind of odd. And anyways, by the way, everything that he's been through, you kind of figure, you you know, wow, that is weird, man. It's a weird story. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll let you off the hook on that one. All right. I want to play a little um, shell game with you. Okay. The aforementioned Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo put the three teams they stay on when it's all said and done. No fence rattling, no and if, buts, whatever. Where does Aaron Rodgers land? Where does um, Carr and Garoppolo land? Okay. Um, interesting. So it's still early in the offseason, so this is not my like full reporting. Right. Um, but this is just sort of my It's a guess. guess. Yes. This is off what I know now. I will say Aaron Rodgers ends up in Las Vegas with his good buddy, Devontae Adams, and they reunite there. They find a way, they make it happen. Um, I will say that Derek Carr ends up in New Orleans with the Saints, but not via trade, via release and him signing with the Saints. Um, Which, by, by the way, say, doesn't make sense, right? If you're the Saints, don't you want to trade them because the salary right now is cap-friendly at 40. You can actually adjust it if you want, but it's also a it's a year-to-year contract, too, where you can actually get out of it if it's not a good deal for you right away. If you sign him straight up as a free agent, you now have to give him a big-ass signing bonus up front, and he's yeah. on your team for three years, guaranteed. 
Yes, correct. Um, there is saying, two elements saying. there, right? With Derek Carr, he has a no trade clause. So if he really wanted to play hardball, he could say, I am not accepting a trade anywhere and push the Raiders' hand up into that February 15th guarantee deadline when they'll be forced to release him. And so if, ideally from Derek Carr's perspective, from what I understand, his preference is to be released so that he can have all his choice of what's going on is right. free reign, get free agency. So if he wanted to take that route, he could certainly do that, and there's nothing that can stop him. The Saints right now are probably trying to convince him, because like you said, they give up a pick, but they also have the advantage of not having to compete with other teams for services and at the same time not having to compete for a contract. And a friendly, a team-friendly exactly. contract, actually. And the other thing about the Saints, although they find a way to manage it, they are not in a great cap space. They haven't been in the great cap space for years. They still have a huge number of Drew Brees uh, contract on their cap. And so they have to navigate that as they go about this, too. So um, I do think there's a, a, a partnership there with the Saints and Derek Carr that I think they make work. But maybe it's not in that trade route. All right. Um, By the way, next time you meet with Omar, just talk to him about that salary cap stuff because he thinks it's all fake. Yeah, he says it's not real, right? Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. <laughs> Uh, and so the last one is Jimmy Garoppolo. Interesting. Um, I I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna straddle the fence here, but I'll say there's two teams I'm torn between: Tampa Bay, because they are gonna need a quarterback, and Houston. Wow, you left out the Jets. I don't not I do not think that I do not think that Derek Carr. I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo becomes a Jet. I don't know what the Jets are gonna do. Wow. Um, but interesting. I. I, I do not have them in the mix or striking in the mix here. Well, know, they, they don't they don't want another uh, another milf magnet on the team. It's, it's still it's still early in the offseason. and so there could be another quarterback that becomes available. Um, but I'm just trying to picture the pieces, right? I say the Texans because of this. D'Amico Ryan's his new head coach there, mm -hmm. um, and he obviously has an experience with Jimmy Garoppolo being right. there in San Fran. The GM there, Nick Casario, is a Patriot guy which means he was a part of drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. And I think they've seen what they needed to see in Davis Mills to know that he is probably not the answer going forward. Yeah. Now you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, it gives you a little bit of freedom for whatever happens. Say if you love one quarterback in this draft, they have the number two pick. Say if they love a quarterback at one and somebody trades ahead of them in Chicago and takes that pick and takes Bryce Young or whoever their preferred quarterback, they don't feel the need to force it at two if they have Jimmy. And Jimmy can be a stopgap or he can be a guy as long as they need him to. And so that could be an option. Also, Tampa, this is a team with Todd Bowles, who is, let's just call it what it is, probably going to enter 2023 on the hot seat. And so he needs to win now. And he's probably not in a position where they could draft a quarterback and wait for him. So they are probably a team in the veteran quarterback mix as well. And so um, that's sort of what I would say I see happening. The Jets, that that's an interesting team because they they, they very much need a veteran too. Um, but I don't know if I see an easy fix there. I mean, if they strike out on Aaron Rodgers, I don't know um, what their immediate route is because they seem like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers or bus team. I got to tell you, you make all the sense in the world with uh, the move for Carr to New Orleans. There's no reason he has to take the hardline approach and go Kirk Cousins and get all the money you can and guarantees and all that. 
So you're right. He has to force the he has to force the release, and he can't allow them to trade for him because that's a cap friendly deal for them, not for him. So mm -hmm. you are right about that. And then the Houston thing, I have I have Garoppolo going to New York. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But the case you make for Houston is so good. And then here's the other thing that I hate to say this about Jimmy, but I don't think winning is his number one priority in life. And so if he goes to a place where he's wanted by the people, the coach and the front office guy, they're willing to give him the money. I think he's happy with that in itself. You know what I'm and saying? If and, and, and if there's sort of a, I don't know if there's a quid pro quo, but if there's a, hey, you're going to be our starter to start the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that that's a lot better than, hey, you're going to go somewhere you can compete. Obviously, the Jets, that's the job where you can walk in and be. Oh, the yeah, starter. he'll be the guy, please. Um, but if, if if you're in a situation where you've got relationships with the head coach and the GM, you trust them a little bit more. It's a great they're point. They're giving you more money. I don't I didn't want to pick the chalk all across the board. I want to get like that's I said, good. this is not that's reporting. Good. This good. is just my guess. That's good. And so Jimmy G to the Texans is one that. Makes a lot of sense to me. Like you say, they're not a contender like the other teams I've mentioned. But as we know, teams don't – quarterbacks and players don't always pick contenders. No. A lot of times it's the relationships, the the money, and maybe there's an idea that, hey, I'm with a team that's going to build. Maybe I'm a Ryan Fitzpatrick here where I can leave this team for a couple years and try to convince them I'm the guy because I'm younger than Ryan. But if not, then I get a pretty big bag and, you know – I'm, I'm vibing in Houston, which is warm. Good insight. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that it can go the way that you're uh, you're definitely talking about it. I'm I'm with you there. All right, uh, let's uh, get a prediction out of you, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, and uh, Kansas City. What do you think? Very good game. I am so pumped. Um, it's going to be interesting because I get to watch this game at home and uh, have some drinks, which I do not get to do at work. <laughs> um, give me the Eagles. Uh, Eagles 27 to 21. Uh, I will say that um, Patrick Mahomes has a great day, but he can't win by himself. And to me, I think the Eagles are better in nearly at every quarterback outside of every category outside of quarterback, tight end, and maybe head coach. Um, those are key categories, but the Eagles have a better offensive line. They have a better defensive line. They have a better overall defense. They have better skill position uh, receivers. Uh, they have a better running game. And to me, ultimately, um, I think they're going to control the line of scrimmage. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to make that throw when he needs to make the throw. When everybody is saying all week, the, one of the craziest parts of Super Bowl week is how the 49ers are going about Radio Row talking about how the Eagles aren't this, the Eagles aren't that. We would have blew them out if we had our quarterback. And it just does not jive with me based on they beat this team by 24 points. They dominated them. I think the Eagles have something to prove, even as the quote-unquote favorites for this game. And uh, I think they get their Super Bowl. Don't don't the uh, Chiefs have the most uh, disruptive and dominating linemen? The, a defensive lineman? Uh, Frank Line, Clark just and Chris one Jones. Guy. One uh, guy. Just one guy. The the Out of both D-lines – Who's the best player of them all? Probably Chris Jones, right? You would say that. But here's one thing to think about with Chris Jones. Chris Jones, um, up until last week, or the AFC Championship game, did not have a single playoff sack. He got his first playoff sack last year in the AFC 
a playoffs, uh, championship game. So although in the regular season he's been a dominant force, he I would argue that Chris Jones was the best defensive tackle in football this year, better than Aaron Jones, Donald, better than anyone. He was that dominant. But in the playoffs, he hasn't been that same player. I think the best defensive lineman on the field, or you can defensive front guy, however you want to call it, uh, on Sunday will be Hassan Reddick, the Eagles pass rusher. He has 19 and a half sacks. Yeah, he's been amazing this season in the playoffs combined, most in the league. And his he literally disrupted the whole 49ers plan by injuring, <laughs> injuring Brock Purdy off that sack. And so I think that his 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 pressure off the, the edge is going to really disrupt uh, the Chiefs right tackle, Andrew Wiley. And uh, I think that he's going to be in Patrick Mahomes' face all day. So to me, I think he'll be the best defensive front guy. But Chris Jones is is a force is a force, but I think people were completely underrating how good this Eagles offensive line is. I can't remember an offensive line as good as they are. And I think that they will, I don't say, I don't want to say stop, but slow down Chris Jones to where he is not a, a game wrecker. Thoughts on Zach Thomas finally making the Pro Football Hall of Fame, something that a lot of us down here have been wanting for a long time. And uh, we feel he got his due. What do you feel? I love it. I love it. And I'll say this, just kind of being real. I was surprised. I looked at this Hall of Fame class and I was like, probably not this year. You know, you got you got a deeper class, you know, a couple guys who I thought might have got in, didn't get in. And so I thought maybe it was last year or the year before would have been the year he got in. Um, but he has been well overdue. Um, Zach Thomas, like. Well, they didn't put uh, in a lot of linebackers in this one, so no, no, that's no. Why. He was going up against, you know, the middle linebacker spot's a tough spot to get in. You know, we saw Ray Lewis, we saw Brian Erlacher, but it's been slow for them. Like Patrick Willis may have to go through some of the same things that Zach Thomas went through, and now the 49ers fans are probably because he was on the ballot too. And he right, but he's it. had the injury stuff. That's why yes. his his career was shorter than Zach's. Yeah, yes, it, it it hit a it hit a peak. There was times when Patrick Willis was the best middle linebacker in football yeah but it was you're right he's got the terrell davis argument to an extent not to that full extent like terrell i think only had six years i think patrick willis maybe had eight but still it's a shorter a shorter span that he was great um but i'm i'm happy for zach like just seeing his emotion when jimmy johnson uh was up upstairs in his house waiting for him to give him the the note that he was in the hall of fame like man it, it hits you right it hits you because um, you know, you know how many days, like they say the right things. If you don't get in the Hall of Fame, you say the right thing, like, hey, it wasn't my time or, or you know, I'll get them next year, that sort of thing. But I can imagine these dudes are hurt. You know, you put everything into it. You're, you're waiting for that moment and you get disappointed. Like all those years of disappointment and to finally get it, I can't imagine what that celebration uh, was well, like. Well, remember, you, you could retire as a great player with a championship and then you can kind of live with that. If yep. you don't get into the Hall of Fame, you'll take it a little personal, but you got your championship. But if you are a great player and you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and you didn't win a championship, that kind of, you know, leaves a void like, yo, man, I, I contributed more to the game than just this, just the yeah, stats. Yeah. I deserve to be, you know, m you know, remembered a little bit more. And so guys like Marino and guys like Jason Taylor and guys like Zach Thomas – they were great players. They just yep. did not have the right elements around them so they could enjoy a championship. But individually, they belong in that building with some of the great players. 
because they're not the first and they're not the last of great players that will go an entire career without a championship, unfortunately, because yeah. yeah. it's a damn team sport, dude. It's just not one or two guys are going to make the difference. No, man, you need several guys to get there. And so to me, that's that's probably the void that Zach had in him. And once JT went in a few years ago, that void probably grew even more for him because it was like, man, I'm, you know, just like JT, I didn't win the title, but man, I gave a lot to football and I deserve it. That's your Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, that's, your, that's your Super Bowl, essentially, yeah. your post-career Super Bowl. And I argue it's even better, you know, we're all team, 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 but hey, you don't get, you know, you get called a Hall of Famer Zach Thomas the rest of your life as far as your intro. Pretty much everywhere you're going to go, here's Hall of Famer. It's, it's not always Super Bowl champion in front, you know. It'll say former NFL linebacker, but you get a Hall of Fame linebacker, Zach, Zach Thomas, um, yeah. that's something special. And like you said, you're in a special fraternity. You can, you, you don't have, it's not awkward, you know, when we're talking Hall of Fame, when you're talking with your good buddy, Zach Thomas. I mean, uh, uh, Jason Taylor. You know, you're, you're, you know, y'all are equal. Y'all are in the same fraternity. And so I'm, I'm pumped for him. I'm happy for Dolphins fans because um, I didn't know how much the push was until I got here. Like, obviously I grew up watching Zach Taylor and I consider him right there neck and neck with Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. I know Dolphins fans will say better, but I said to me, they were all in that same category of the three best linebackers of the generation I grew up in really dominating quarterbacks. And so he was the last one who didn't get in. And so I remember that, but just to see how Dolphins fans gave such a hard push and just shared the individual stories, because I saw it on TV from far away, but I didn't hear the individual stories of how connected you guys were as a fan base, Zach Zach Thomas. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic for him. I'm ecstatic for Dolphins fans. And so it kind of felt like a, uh, a wrong was finally righted. Uh, when he got in. Right, and it's it's a good thing that you just said that, you know, you could be a champion, but then you'll be a former champion because there'll be a new champion. Right. But you can't yep. be a former uh, Hall of Famer. You're always yep. a Hall of Famer. Yep. That, 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 that It won't be former champion. It won't be X this. It won't, no, it's mm-hmm. Hall of Famer for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing. All right, what do you got going on in the NFL Network? Nothing, huh? Just hanging out this weekend? Way Nothing, to go. man. Yeah, man. They, they don't need anything from me this week. So uh, I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm going to um, hang with the family. We're actually uh, just breaking bread on our new house today. Um, we've, nice. we've had it for a few months now, but we're going to have people over for the first time and have a housewarming, so to speak. So I'm sure as soon as I get off the call with you, my wife's going to have 17 things for me to do to get the house ready. And so we'll have that tonight. And then we'll, we'll, we'll watch the Super Bowl. And, and then I got a couple weeks of vacation planned before Combine. So, um, yeah, man, um, you get a short break and then you're right back in it. Um, but I'm going to take advantage of these uh, these couple of weeks. Butch Barry did not get very good reviews from reports out there. I know he gets a clean start here, so we can only judge him by what he does here, but it wasn't good at UM. Uh, things were kind of ugly in Denver. Just your overall view of Butch Berry so far. Yeah, I saw a lot of the notes that you sent that, that were across social media were just uh, not great, right? And so that's not the taste that you want in your mouth as a Dolphin fan when you're welcoming an O-line coach. Um, I don't know the guy personally. And so for me as a reporter – I'm going to uh, I'm going to give them clean give slate, them the grace clean slate, as if as if I know nothing about them. But at the same time, if you're a fan, all you have to go off of is, is what you read. And so, what I think is he's going to have to prove that he's different, right? He's going to have to prove that he's different than what everybody's saying 
about him. And the reality of this is, especially in this era, the players have read that too. You know, players have read all the comments on social media about him. Don't don't for one second think that, you know, a Teron Armstead or a Robert Hunt or a Connor Williams has hasn't heard. They may try to they may do my route and say, hey, we're going to give him a clean slate. But they have heard it. And so it's in their mind. And so it's going to be up to him to, to convince people and to show people that he's different than whatever people are, are saying. And a lot of times you don't know. People are saying things because they had a bad experience or whatever. Um, I will say this. I know that McDaniel has been with him in San Fran. And so for whatever his reason, he feels good about him leading this offensive line. And offensive line is a core of this offense. So it's going to be a zone blocking scheme, which he has done before. I don't think that was a great fit in Denver because they were trying to run some man blocking schemes and he's his own blocking guy. Um, but I will say like <laughs> with Butch's story and with the history of offense alignment cycling through here with Miami, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like it, the continued cycle, right? If we can have an offense alignment coach for more than a year, it would be a miracle. Um, so, you know, it's, it's such a huge part of this team. We talk about the quarterback so much, um, but this offense, um, has made improvement, but for them to reach that next level, they need an offensive line coach that can continue to develop these young dudes. You know, you don't need to develop Toronto. Toronto's going to be fine. Right. You, you know, but you need to develop your, your, your Liam Eikenbergs, your Austin Jackson's, even continued development with Robert Hunt. Um, these are the guys who are going to make or break, whether you are a, average to below average offensive line versus being a good or potentially great offensive line. On the way out, Dougie Fresh just wants to tell you there on the chat board, tell Cam I'm running a special on my Panhandle Darkness Retreats. It's located <laughs> in a panic room of a Piggly Wiggly near the customer bathroom. So there you go. So I can hook you Piggly up. Piggly Wiggly you're... reference. Um, I, I love it. I'm, I'm from Mississippi, and I was talking to somebody yesterday. Um, my grandma's house is still right across the street from Piggly Wiggly. I don't know there's many states that still have Piggly Wiggly. No, they're all gone away. here. We had them here um, a long time ago. Exactly. Gone. But, but my home state of Mississippi, we're always 20, 30 years behind the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the country. And so Piggly Wiggly is still the main shopping area. But I will not be in that dark house. Sorry. I, I, I prefer my mild sunlight and matter of fact i'm about to go outside right now and get some more of it follow him on twitter at cameron wolf have a great weekend my brother enjoy the party enjoy the super bowl we'll talk on monday or tuesday tuesday we'll talk on tuesday sounds good oh you got it there you go cameron wolf baby we unleash the wolf pack this has been the ksdt cpa pro football report with nfl insider cameron wolf KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. There we are. Good stuff as always. Yes. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? You guys got any questions? You can remember you can send in your questions, comments, and complaints. Um, uh, also by making a donation on Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show on Cash App or Venmo. I will have a crypto show tomorrow, so we'll do something tomorrow at one o'clock. When is the wrestling show coming back? 
Tuesday, Tuesday, the wrestling show is coming back. And then I'm going to start working on the uh, music show, too, uh, for this platform. So we'll have that. Boy, H-Bar still going strong against the grain, man. I like it. Mina Protocol pretty strong, too. I like it. I like it. I like it. Bitcoin at 21.7 after the dip. The market... Where's the market at right now, huh? How bad is it? Oh, the Dow, the Dow bounced back. It's up 112 points. S&P's down a point and a half, unfortunately. Okay, so that's what we got going on overall. All right. Uh, hearing that Cam moved again is the most shocking news we've heard all week, actually. Cam moved again. What's that? What's that? What's that about? No, no, that's the same house. He's been there for about three months. They're just oh. doing the housewarming now. Yeah, they're doing the housewarming. They didn't move now. from that's the awesome. other. And you know how it is when you move into. Uh, maybe you don't, but when you move into a house, you, it's like not ready yet. So you move in and you're fixing this and fixing that and all. Unless you moved into a brand new house. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of taking my mom to the Doobie Brothers concert in May. Worth the ticket? Yes, they are. They're worth the ticket. Yes. Yes, the Doobie Brothers sound great still. Uh, and they're touring with um, uh, Michael McDonald. So you're getting also the Michael McDonald stuff, you know, what a fool believes, a minute by minute, and all that kind of stuff. So that's also good. Now, I want to prepare you for something. Michael McDonald does not have the same voice he used to. Okay? All right? Just want you to know, everybody else sounds phenomenal. Like, I've seen the Doobies without McDonald, and they were awesome. Okay? But the good thing is you get them with McDonald, and you get some of the other songs that are Michael McDonald Doobie Brothers songs that you'd like to, you know, get. I, and I don't know if they do any solo. I don't know if they let them do I keep forgetting. We're not in love anymore. But he doesn't really, his voice is just, it, it, that it, it doesn't have that same power and it also, he can't hold the notes nearly as much as he used to. And so he'll, as he's trying to hold the note, he'll back away from the mic so it fades this way, you know? He'll do a lot of that while he's, uh, while he's singing. So just to kind of prepare you on that, because uh, you might go, well, you know. And they sound phenomenal. They sing phenomenal. But the only one I can tell you is McDonald sounds all right. He doesn't sound terrible. But it's just not the same voice anymore. And that's kind of expected. So there you go. Tua shouted out to the Tuanon faithful and said, expect us. Okay. Uh, oh, why is he? Oh, is the interview going on now? Is that what they're doing? Oh, he's all over Radio Row. Okay. Okay, good. 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 Where is it at next year again? Super Bowl, Kansas City, Detroit. I know. We always do this. I always forget. We might end up going next year. I'm told. It's in Vegas next year. Oh, so then we're definitely going. For sure. It's Vegas. Vegas. Twist my arm. 
Uh, my brother took her to Hall and Oates, and it wasn't good. Oh yeah, well the problem with Hall and Oates is they're kind of mailing it in. They don't do enough songs anymore. They do a half-ass set. Um, yeah, no, a Hall and Oates is uh, yeah, it's not the same. No, I, I would agree with that. It, I told you wrong. What? It's Nolans next year. Twenty twenty four. The Super Bowl is in Nolans, and oh, then twenty twenty five is in Vegas. Okay. So, oh, okay. New Orleans and Vegas, all right? I like the New Orleans one. You know why? I can drive to that one because that's what I'll do because I hate, you know, because then we're limited in packing to fly. And we still got to rent a car and all that stuff. So I'll just rent a car, drive to New Orleans, and then we can, you know, stack everything, equipment, whatever. And we never have to worry about going through security and all that crap. And Customs doesn't have to freak out on our base Although these, maybe they don't freak out on. I don't know. Maybe yeah, not. No, no. I doubt it. Not, not like Because uh... we have the base of our mics, the, the old ones, because I bought some new mics. And, and these old, the old ones we had, they were like this thick, the base, and it was wide. And so he'd stack them. And they would, they would think that when it goes through There's the X-rays, C4. they were like C4. <laughs> you know how many locks I've had to replace? Yeah, and that's right. We put a lock on it, like a, like a legit, like, you know, master lock on it. And then they'd have to, like, cut into that lock to open the damn bag. You know, they would. They did that in the luggage. If they catch you on the, you know, on the security thing, then we have the key there and we open it. But we've gotten it to where we got the luggage coming off the the thing, and and there's no lock, and the lock is gone, and we're like, yo, and they had to search it because of the damn oh, base. The last time we were in Vegas, I got to my gate and they called me back to the the ticket counter to unlock the thing. I had to walk all the way back from my gate. And, and that's not that's not fun in Vegas. No, that's not fun. I made it back to the to the thing. I you know you dropped me off two hours early. Yeah, I got back to the, right as they were boarding the last uh, group because I had to open it, wait for them to inspect it, then clock it back and then and go. But the draft is Kansas City this year, Detroit in twenty twenty four, and Green Bay in twenty twenty five. Okay, I like it. Uh, Big O, have you ever seen Christopher Cross in concert? Yes. Don't go see him. Um, he, he, he sings his great songs with no enthusiasm whatsoever. He also has a tendency of singing the good songs at the beginning of the concert, because normally people will hold off the good songs towards the back end of the concert, but he likes to do it on the front end because he goes, a lot of people come to my concert late thinking I'm going to sing you know ride like the wind at the end of the at the end of the uh, that's why i played it now and then they'll be disappointed so he plays these little mind games and talks about it and all that and you know after after the last time i saw him i said i'm never going to watch christopher cross again cuz you you sing ride like the wind like it's nothing you you know you sing these songs that are like legendary songs of yours and i can tell that you're tired of singing them and it's like yo asshole just because you're tired, you, you got to understand there's lots of people coming to your concerts all the time that it's the first time they're coming to your concert and they love your music and they love those songs. And then you're singing, you know, the Arthur song or, you know, whatever it is, you're singing just like going through the motions. So I personally would not pay for a Christopher Cross concert nowadays. That's just me. I'm not a financial advisor. You do your own homework. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. So uh, let's see what else. Yes. Did you read about Adidas? What, what's going on with them? What happened with Adidas? Um, My Adidas. You know, they dropped Kanye West. Like they should have. Well, them dropping them is going to cost them $1.3 billion this year. Oh, Not being reve- able to, in revenue and selling his, his, his uh, clothes and shoes. Okay. I no, mean, no, I'm just saying, I mean, it, that's kind of, it goes, and it's costing Kanye <laughs> even more because he's not selling his shit anywhere. Yeah, but that's not something that you uh, put in the bankroll there. You're going to lose No, I, I get it, but what are you going to do? Stick to an anti-Semite? You can't, you can't. You can't stick with a crazy person like Kanye. You have to let him go. You have to get rid of him if you're that company. He's going to bring your company down. And then you're going to have other people that aren't going to be want to tie to your company because of Kanye West. So now that's your job now. That, by the way, I'm dying to see that Nike movie. I saw, I saw the, uh, the um, what's it called? Um, uh, Gus Gus 1388 sent me the, the trailer to it. And the trailer's awesome. I can't wait to see that. And guess what? That's what I'm saying now. Adidas is going to have to go find another hook another star that they can market, you know? It may not be Kanye, but somebody that can produce maybe a quarter or half of uh, that kind of revenue with their own line. Uh, I remember going to Kings Island near Cincinnati in 72 with my parents. It was brand new. Think Brady Bunch filmed an episode there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Can't wait for the next time they have the Super Bowl in South Florida. Should be in about another 8 to 10, 12 years. But we'll get one. We'll get one. We get one like, when was the last one? It was two years ago, right? Here? Super Bowl? What was how many, how many years ago was it? Was it longer than that? Well, it should be. It should be like every seven to ten years, somewhere there. Wherever we had, I forgot now when it was, but it should be seven to ten years from that point. Oh, you and Sean will stay in the Pensacola area if you go to Nolens. Uh, not the Piggly Wiggly either. Have uh, your people call my people. You got it. We will set it all up in Pensacola. Uh, oh, did you see? Yes, Favre. So Favre got in trouble for all that stuff in Mississippi. And so now he is suing uh, some of the guys that were talking about the stuff that he did. Uh, I almost get the feeling that this is a complete PR move by Favre. There's no way he's going to want this to go to court. No way. And so people forget about this. So he'll sue them, and then he'll pull the, the lawsuit from, from it eventually because his lawyers are going to know that he's going to have to testify. And then he's going to have to testify about his character. And there are going to be things that the people are going to bring up, and then they're going to unearth other things that people don't know about. So I, I, I don't think this is a really smart move by Brett Favre. Not that he's the brightest bulb in the chandelier as it is. But whatever floats his boat, you know, something tells me that eh, this one's not going to go the way he wants. So we'll see. Ray Sosa said it too, but you were right. It was a couple years ago. It was 2020. And now that I think about it, Liv is L-I-V. 
Yes. Was the new Roman That's numerals. Right. And I, 50. once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So it's 54. 50, 54. Yeah. Okay. LIV, yep, yep. okay. So there you go. Three years ago. So you would figure in another four to seven years, you'll get another Super Bowl. Okay. It would equate to about 27, right? Because we had up yeah. to 23, right. 24. Like up to 24 has been announced now, right? Or no, yeah. this is 20. Oh, 24. This is, is this 23 or is it 24? I mean, this is 22 or 23? No, this is 50-something already. No, no, but I'm saying the year, when you look at the years, is when they look at the NFL years, this year, 22. Oh, oh this is oh, 20, 23. 23, yeah. okay. okay. And then 24. It's for the 22 season. Yeah, but no, but then 24 is New Orleans, 25 is Vegas, so 26 will probably be Who knows? California, probably, and then 27 back to us, seven years. Yeah. Probably yes, it'll be every seven to ten yeah. years we'll get something like that. So, yeah, it'll be something like now, that. Now, does any of that change now that some of the other stadiums are doing their, their domes? For and, sure. Because before it used to be Yeah, but you also have to have, you also have, to have the that. area to yeah. host. And, yeah, that's true. And you got to be able, you know, the weather cannot be a problem for people. And mm -hmm. it cannot be a problem for the for the event either. Yeah. You know? Look, yeah. at, look at the hockey people. They were like... Yeah happier than a pig and crap yep. that they were out in the beach and the sun and all that you there know what i mean say they're going to try to set up a uh a uh game out at tropicana field for tampa bay and florida to be part of that uh oh yeah the yeah. series and they're like yeah but know. ice is an issue yeah no shit <laughs> no, shit. <laughs> no shit. you're in south florida bert b is in the pantheon of the 20th century songwriters he married Angie Dickinson in her prime. Rivals Lennon McCarthy for songwriting entries in the top 40. Yeah, no, there's no doubt he was a hell of a songwriter. No doubt. I was actually surprised that he was alive still. I didn't know he was still alive. 94, good for him, dude. My God, I won't even see 74. Big O thoughts on John 5 joining the crew. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I love John 5. I don't care about the Motley crew anymore, bro. That's a, that's a sham. That's a scam. That's a bigger scam than the U.S. dollar. Motley Crue. I, would, I wouldn't pay five cents to go see that band anymore. That's nothing compared to what I used to see in Motley Crue. Nothing. Okay? And John Five, I could argue, is a better guitarist than Mick Mars. Okay? But it has nothing to do with it. It's just Vince hasn't been able to sing for over 10 years, dude. And Molly Cruz a joke. They're stealing money. And the last tour, Tommy Lee got injured, and they got a replacement drummer and all that. Oh, God. I, I, I can't go see Def Leppard because the, the money's so ridiculous that I have to pay for Motley Crue, and I'm not doing that. So I'll go see Leopard if they come back alone. But if I have to pay for the burden of Motley Crue when I don't even want to see that shit... Yeah, no, that, that does nothing for me. Listen, for those of you that have never seen Motley Crue and you want to go see a shell of what they used to be just to say you saw them, go ahead. But, yeah, Dude67, I don't give a shit about Motley Crue. It's a, it's a scam right now what's going on with Motley Crue. Yes, sir. So I'm going through my tweets, you know, and I follow just regular, you know, regular fans and, and things like that. But somebody said, um, so I just turned on Peacock PFT show. And Sims and Florio were venting about somebody, a QB in particular, canceling on them. Oh. And they said, did Tua just stick it to those guys? And again, unconfirmed. Somebody replied back, 
He canceled on them to go on Up and Adam's show. Okay. I so mean, I mean, I got no, I'm not. I'm just. I think it's hilarious though, because this has been. I'm glad they canceled. This I, has been the whole thing. Like he was going to go on with Florio and Sims, and good. I'm glad. Matt, you know the conspiracy is going to be out there, right? Yeah, I'm he did good. it that way, so then yeah, boom, just to stick it to him. Just to stick it to yep. him. Good. I'm, I'm on two. And we'll see if that was if that's legit. I don't. I'm just going. I, on, I'm but te- I think it's hey, hilarious. Listen, I'm team two all the way. Anyways, he's all so over care. the place on on Radio Row right now. He's all over the place. Good, and that and that way he rubs it in. Like yeah. there you go. You guys were assholes. And, and they can also time. tape stuff, right? I mean, it's not just because yeah. he didn't go on live today. Don't mean that they can't tape and show. Well, today's Friday though. You know, yeah, they no, show up it's Monday yeah. after the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I forgot what day it was. Yeah, it's over. And those guys aren't going to work on a Saturday. Wow, that is cool. I hope I hope he did. I hope he did dump him. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, I think I might go buy another Tua jersey just for that. Oh man, that is great. If that really happens, oh. What? What happened? Can we petition the Hall of Fame to start itching about Nat Moore for ind- Oh, that'll never happen. I love Nat Moore, but that'll never happen. What, Sean Payton and what? Uh, no, that looks like it's uh, the no the linebacker that that talks a lot. Um, uh, 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 Acho. That's Acho. Yeah. Yeah, it's Emmanuel Acho. Yes, uh, dude, sixty-seven. Yes, Vince Neal's voice is brutal, dude. Brutal. All right. Uh, anything else? Because I think I'm wrapping it up here on the program. I don't think there's uh, anything left to say. Got Panthers over the Sharks last night. We'll see now this stretch coming up. They play some playoff teams on the road after they take on Colorado on Saturday. Heat will take on uh, the Rockets to tonight at 8 o'clock at Miami-Dade Arena. It's just really not a lot left to, to talk about, actually. I think, I think we is done. Next Dolphin player to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, do we get Madison or Sertan in there? If it's not them, Tim Bowens ain't ever. Excuse me, Tim Bowens not more like that. No, those they're never gonna get in. They have no shot whatsoever. Um, no, you'd have to go back to an old dolphin that hasn't been put in or something like that. You know what I mean? Richmond Webb will never get that that nod. Like Richmond Webb deserves it. But I don't know if he's ever going to get that that opportunity at all. It's kind of weird. Dave McMenamin really did go beyond his coverage. Wow. Oh, you oh, you're catching up now with the whole Malika. <laughs> wow, because I was that was like yesterday the whole Dave McMenamin. Because some people don't know he's going out with Malika Andrews. Yeah, I think sometimes people jump on in different parts, and then they answer, and then all of a sudden the chat just starts jumping around because they start answering something that was talked about 30 minutes ago, and it's because I've been following it, and it's like... I don't think Cam Waite, by the way, ever makes the Hall of Fame. He should be in our Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, easily. But he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. He, He didn't do the other things. He was a sack artist. 
That's it. He didn't do the interceptions and the forced fumbles and running back for touchdowns like Jason Taylor and Jason was better than him against the run and everything. Yeah, no, it's it's different, man. Cam uh, Wake is a great Dolphin, Ring of Honor, not Hall of Fame. If we're going to be honest, if we're going to be honest and and call it like we see it, if we're going to really put the best of the best in there, Cam Wake is not anywhere near, you know, the Bruce Smiths and the... And 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 the uh, and the Jason Taylors. It's no, those are completely different players. Oh, if you had to go back to one of these concerts, who you got? Black Eyed Peas, Smash Mouth, David Lee Roth. What did you just play there? What was playing in the background? Because I couldn't I couldn't understand it. It was Pat McAfee replying to Brett Favre. Oh, okay. he was say on his show. He said, "You know, I got a lot of people telling me let my lawyers do it." And he goes, "You know how we roll? I ain't got lawyers, so let me see. Make sure I get this quote. Let's ride this effer. I'm excited to see how it goes. I'll see you in court, pal." Okay. <laughs> All right. But the McAfee voice was great. It's I'm just, I'm with McAfee on this one. He, he's holding up his drink and he's like just you know McAfee and his whole. I, I'm I'm with McAfee. Brett Favre doesn't want to be in a, in a courtroom, bro. And he said he started, he said, first off, I said allegedly. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, never once said, did he? He said allegedly. So, but, sorry. for Allegedly, all over the place. It seems like you stole the money, Brett. I mean, what are you going to do, bro? You know, now you're going to have to, what? Yeah, semantics? Is that what we're going to get behind for Brett Favre? You're not going to pass on that, bro. So that's fine. You're going to lose badly in court to those guys. That's all. And you're going to get more shit exposed about you. So this is only going to get uglier for Brett Favre. And if that's what he wants to do, I mean, you know, he's not necessarily very smart. And by the way, Dougie Fresh, I'm going black-eyed peas. Okay? If, if I got to go black... Now, I want the whole black-eyed peas. Okay? You got to have me Fergie in there. You know, because Black Eyed Peas has been touring lately, but they're touring without Fergie. And that doesn't fly. Sorry. You, you got to have all the elements in there for Black Eyed Peas to work. So if, you're gonna, if I'm going to the Black Eyed Peas concert, I need Fergie to be there. Okay? Not singing the national anthem. Singing Black Eyed Peas. Okay? Uh, oh, a memory lane moment. Remember when Bill would announce that you had a meeting to go to and everyone flooded you with super... That's right. Oh, don't forget you got that meeting to go to. <laughs> yes. That used to happen. I used to have to leave and then people would start sending in super chats or questions and I would have to like stay there to answer the questions. I was like, hey, I got to go. I got to go. That's true. That's true. Dougie Fresh remembers that. Yeah, some of you have been around from the early days of the program, uh, and I appreciate all of you out there, man. Right, no Fergie, no deal. I'm with you, bro. You, you can't do that, right? So, you know. All right, we're out of here. Uh, we thank Scott Pianowski, Manny Navarro, Ira Winderman, Cameron Wolf, and, of course, I got to thank Larry Schlossberg and Pat Nasto and Tony Stampone and 
all the great people out here at Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines that make it nice and easy for us to broadcast every single month out here. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. As always, if you're looking for a new vehicle, a certified pre-owned vehicle, come on out, man. The boys will make you a great deal. They are the number one volume sales dealership in the country. Not the Southeast United States, folks. Number one in the country. Number one. They kicked some serious ass this year, okay? You got it right here in your backyard. Nobody's selling more. No accurate dealership. Nobody works harder than Larry Schlossberg and company. That's why they continue to just kick some serious ass. You got a great selection. Even during the times of the pandemic, they did a great job of trying to load this place up with cars and giving people a selection. I can't wait. Hearing maybe February or March of next year, we will have the 2025, because that's what they'll be able to label it, electric car, the, the SUV. I cannot wait for that. I'll be one of those guys driving that electric vehicle. I was just telling Larry a little while ago, well, then I got a, just about a year, a little over a year, and uh, I'll have a shot at, uh, at getting my electric car. So I cannot wait for that. So if you're looking for a great vehicle, come on out here. Tell them that Big O sent you. They will take care of you out here at 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines. Finest dealership in the business, baby. It's Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. We'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I will do a a uh, fantasy, fantasy, a crypto show. It'll be only crypto. Don't ask me sports questions, okay? It will only be crypto tomorrow. So we'll get into it. There's lots of uh, stuff to talk about in the crypto world. And we thank, of course, the great Sean Stanley, who masters this program every single day. We're out of here. See you all tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm taking the point and a half. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with Pat Mahomes and the boys. Y'all be good.